You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to trash since Everybody, welcome to the GGTMC. Yeah, we are back. Corned beef, roast beef, it don't matter. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are back. As long as it ain't stinky beef. <laughs> oh. Uh, or chip beef. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Shave, yeah, like shaved. That's yeah. done and dirty, Ooh, man. That shaved ham thing. No. Huh. <laughs> or scrapple. Scrapple's good, though. Oh, man, you got to fry it. You got to fry it just right. <laughs> yeah. And I put a lot of ketchup on it so that you don't taste the pig squeal. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Yummy. There's the recipe tips from the GGTMC this morning. <laughs> Use plenty of mayonnaise with the scrapple. Uh, oh. That's the Dutch style, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we got to stick it in the Dutch oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that foul smell. Uh, anyway, where did that term ever come from? Let's talk about that for a second. Where does the slang Dutch oven come from for that uh, particular act? I mean, you know, what did the, what did the Dutch ever do to us? <laughs> I, I, yeah, right? I, I think I can answer that. I'm making an educated, educated guess. So, uh, obviously, bakeries are Dutch ovens. They serve up treats. Yes. Um, when you go Dutch... On a date, you split the cost. You mm-hmm. share the cost. So when you do a Dutch oven, you share the misery. <laughs> I guess that's. And you're baking up something hot. Yeah. And you also. I don't know. You, I also, mean, you also split the cheeks. So I guess you're yeah, right. You split <laughs> the cheeks, man. That's right. <laughs> Which is the name of my next solo album? That's <laughs> album or film? <laughs> well, both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a renaissance man yeah <laughs> i'm like carpenter you know i do my own thing <laughs> sammy ggtmc presents split the cheeks split the cheeks <laughs> starring nick cage and emile hirsch i don't know, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> i don't know why them two but that's just what came to mind <laughs> the heart wants what it wants yeah yes it does with a special guest performance from ava divine the um, that's we, we yeah that's what's up. We are back this week. We are discussing 
one that's probably been around, well, we never really talked about putting it on a roadmap, but it's one that used to be covered quite a bit back in the beginnings of uh, our podcast, uh, Youth, um, The House with Laughing Windows from 1976, directed by one fun name to say, Poopy Avati. Um, so we'll be talking about that. Poopy's still directing, we should say. Yeah, I saw. I guess we can get into this when we talk about it. But I was very pleasantly pleased to yeah. see that. Yeah, he's still uh, still working. Man about town there, Poopy. I guess when your name's Poopy, you know you kind of have to keep working. You kind of well, maybe yeah. That's a pretty popular name, I think, in Italy though, right? It's well, you know what I? Uh, yeah, yeah, Giuseppe. Yeah, is that was Giuseppe? Yeah. Is Poopy short for Giuseppe? Yeah. I, I, but truth, truth be told, I didn't know that until uh, I looked it up. But I guess it's sort of like a Billy, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I guess In so. a way, like well, for Joe, Giuseppe's Joe. So I guess that's like Joe. And I'm right? sure that it's no real revelation to say that everybody always wanted Pupiavati to work with Romano Pupo. So yes, yes, they did. I guess Pupo Pupi. For a long time, I didn't say Poopy. I said Puppy, because I, you know, Pup. I, I refuse to think? believe that his name was Poopy. Yeah. But you know, Puppy Avati. You know, Kind of nice little sounds sounds a little bit more pleasant, right? Puppy Avati. It does. Sounds kind of cute. Sounds kind of cute. It does. does. Just want to tickle it under its chin. Yeah, Christmassy. Sounds like a golden retriever, maybe with a Christmas Uh hat on. Yeah. A snow a snow buddy, so to speak. A snow buddy. A snow bunny (laughs) buddy. Yes. Not a bunny. That's a different magazine, Todd. That's a different (laughs) thing. That's my subscription to Torso is running out. Yeah, my, my subscription to Wee ran out. Wee, <laughs> Wee, a nice, yeah, nice pull there. Wee, or, wow, or cherry, cherry. Uh-huh. I was just gonna say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always admired the guys that subscribed to the magazines that were super blunt, like Jugs. Yeah, like Hooker, <laughs> Jugs, yeah. Muff. Yeah. yeah, it's like you got it in the mail. I'm like, what's the big deal, man? <laughs> no articles whatsoever, just all photos, you know. Yeah, that's all. And half of them are black and white. You're like, oh, ah, yeah. it looks like a crime mag. I had a friend whose dad had those, and and uh, he would argue that it was literature. I'm like, what? The hell? This is not literature, dude. Uh, this is truck stop stuff here, man. Um, all right. Uh, so we are talking the House of Laughing Windows, 1976, and then we are also talking about straight to video. Uh, well, maybe not straight to video back in the day, but. Certainly a kind of regional action film uh, known as Desert Snow from 1989, directed by Paul DeGruccio. That uh, name that harkens back to the I don't know, golden era of Studio 54, it sounds like. But mm-hmm. um, Plato's Retreat right there, buddy. His one and only film. So we've tick-marked everything DeGruccio's done. And, yeah, uh, one and done, man. Yeah, we'll talk about that. He, uh, I think he threw everything at the wall with Desert Snow. And uh, some of it stuck. And yes. we'll, t- we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, this might be a little shorter show than last week because that was easier to s- it sounded easier to say than what it was. Shorter show. Um, I haven't watched anything. I've uh, watched nothing, and I don't think Todd's watched much. Have you? Really? No. No. Yeah, so oh, we, damn. Yeah, so I think uh, all the pressure's on Will. We didn't watch anything. I, I had a real busy week. Todd's been busy doing some things of his own. So I, I-, I told Todd I'd watch some of some things but it's not worth talking about right now i'll try to get them finished <laughs> next time around but you know how time is it's fleeting mm-hmm. it's fleeting time is fleeting man it is Oof. okay i luckily i did watch a few i would be almost in a way this sounds maybe odd sad 
if collectively we had watched nothing. <laughs> well, it would. <laughs> but I got a few. At, at our age, things. at our ages, and, you know, with our personal lives, I'm, I would not be surprised if we come across a week like that. No, Todd's usually, man, Todd's usually, Todd usually gets a couple, and even if we flop on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm usually able to stick something in there, but. Yeah. Well, I gave him the jump. I gave him, you know, a pick for next week. I gave him the jump. He likes to jump on that. He likes to jump on that a little early. Him and Bear, I do. Might I like as well jump. Ahead. Him and Bear do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, him and Bear do. Uh, yes. I know Bear was a big fan of uh, the one we picked next week. I saw the picture. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> you can no see the enthusiasm blazing in his eyes. Yeah, yeah Bear. Uh, Them West Virginia yeah. mountaintops. Yeah. If you knew, If you knew how often he's actually in that position, just laying there, <laughs> yeah. you'd be... Really, you would have far more uh, respect for what's going on in that yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah dogs, <laughs> dogs got good lives, man. They, especially if they're house dogs, they get that chill. You know, I'm just got, I got the spot. I'm gonna lay down. I'm passing out for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not usually with him though. He's uh, he's kind of a, a raw nerve ending. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a stressed out dog? Uh, I wouldn't say stressed out. He's just constantly overstimulated. Been anxious, oh, okay. anxious, maybe? like yeah. everything uh, excites him. Everything excites him because he has a lust for life. That's right, just like Iggy Pop. <laughs> lust for life, yeah, lust for life. Here comes Barry, yeah, again. Yeah. That's it. All right. What's Barry's treat? One last question. What's Barry's treat? What's his go-to jam? It was his go-to human jam. Uh, for treats? Yeah, you got to say he what did? if you. He doesn't get people food. Zero. Not Zero. a drop of peanut butter, nothing. Uh, well, he'll get a, a pretzel if it drops on the floor. Okay. Yeah, he's a pretzel. That's about it. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The problem is that he can't really, uh, he kind of has a hard time with them, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we don't, we try not to give him anything. But then again, he steals the my goddaughter's uh, bread whenever she's holding it in her hand and yeah. away from the, oh, her yeah, plate. Yeah. So yeah, dogs love, that's dogs always, love that's bread, always yeah. an upsetting event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kids tend to be, first of all, they're shorter, but second of all, they hold that food down low. Yeah. And dogs... Well, uh, she, she holds it away from the, the table just a little bit, and he's standing there, boom, it's gone. Yeah. They, That's the, dogs are opportunists. And then it's nothing you know. but tears. They are opportunists. Yep. They oh, go, yeah. They see something hanging there, like, hey, well, you know, you're going to lay hang it that low. Hey, you're going to offer it. I'm <laughs> going to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my bulldogs, uh, they get uh, occasional, they mostly get meat if they get anything. Uh, so they'll get like what's, uh, you know, like a piece of chicken breast if we got a little bit left over, or maybe a piece of steak, something like that. Try not to give them too much uh, of the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Occasionally they'll get a little piece of pizza crust from me, but, you know, try to, uh, that's about it. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even going to. I'm not saying anything here. Because you just give that dog everything. Well, we started out not, and then of course over you, time, yeah, you end up doing it. It's it's, it's rookie totally mistake, rookie move. Hey, I'll, hey. I'll uh, fess up to that. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> I, I, you, no. I, you would not believe how much stuff I've given dogs over the years. Oh <laughs> God, yeah. stuff yeah. that I found out. Smoothie. You know, later on, stuff that I found out I shouldn't be giving dogs even. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the, the number one, like I, I think I probably said to you guys before, between Alexa or Google or our Google searches, it's. Is this is X food safe to give a dog? Yeah. <laughs> right, like like this yeah. is so stupid, and I almost feel I feel like a bit of an irresponsible <laughs> owner. But yeah. I had ginger snaps. Yeah, you guys have you guys must have ginger snaps, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. we get ginger snaps. So I had a strong hankering for them. I was thinking about my mom, and I used to always have them with my mom. So I bought a little uh, sleeve of them, and I'm eating them. And of course, doe eyes comes in the room, and 
I, I she's like my it's like the running joke like she's my baby Teresa says she's a daddy's girl this and that so I gave her a little I broke off a little piece of the ginger snap and of course I did the search and it was okay for her but I don't give her a lot of junk mind you like it's most like a blueberry a strawberry peanut butter you know uh, stuff like that yeah steer clear of the grapes and the chocolate obviously so. well yeah those two yeah. we know and yeah there's a few other surprise and a lot of um, onions nightshade onions nightshade stuff like tomatoes and stuff are bad citrus fruit's bad for them yeah. Yeah, so like, I, we avoid all that, and we're I mean, not giving them like fucking garlic's not know. good for them. If I if I give yeah. them pizza crust, I uh, I take every last drop of tomato sauce off of there. So it's just you know that's that's just certain things like that you learn over time. But there was a time when I you know there wasn't a Google. Yeah, it's like hey, we got some spaghetti left over. Let's give it to the dog. My mother-in-law does that, but she takes the sauce off. But yeah, yeah, she gives them each one. There's four dogs. There's three at her house, and ours comes over. So she gives them one noodle at a time. They're like four little babies sitting waiting to get <laughs> the pasta, pasta pups. noodle man. That's the other oh, Italian dogs. That's uh, so. Will's uh, film franchise. There, his Disney franchise, like the pasta bunch. pups. Yeah, <laughs> pasta pups. That'd the be pasta amazing. Pasta pups. Yeah, there we go. All, All right. right. So, what so, did you watch? Well, tis the season, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So. <laughs> Watched a couple of things. Uh, I was doing Chris Kringle for the GGTMC and wanted to throw on a couple of things. And it's December, and I don't make a point to watch Christmas movies before December. Uh, so we threw on some comfort food. Braden wanted to watch something. He's he's very festive. Um, it's our younger son. So we threw on uh, the 1966 How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I'm not going to spill a lot of ink talking about the stuff I'm going to mention, but uh, it's always it's an annual visit for us. Um, the thing I loved with my kids was just that they understand uh, at their age that, you know, the Grinch doesn't hate Christmas. Yeah. You know, they understand where he's coming from and why he feels the way he does. So that's a parental win, I guess, that, that they understand uh, how that he works. He hates the damn who's shoving it in his face all the time. Well, and that, <laughs> you know, that, you know, the, the cruelty he experienced as a, as a boy it's had a ripple effect emotionally, right? He's yeah, kind of yeah. turtled, um, made him cynical about the world, right? He didn't want to put himself out there and be vulnerable, which happens to a lot of people, right? It's it's a sad thing. But anyway, it was good. Looks good. High def. Gorgeous. Mm. Um, I love the world that Seuss created, obviously. A lot of the bizarre creatures and gadgets and things like that. It's... Uh, yeah, it's it's very yeah, fun. I will very, mention... The gadgets always seem very cumbersome, <laughs> but uh, interesting, right? Well, yeah, yeah like and there's I always think, a horn, at least one horn on everything. At least one horn or a symbol. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be yes. some yeah. form of noisemaker on every yeah. fucking car yeah. in uh, that uh, thing. A bell or a noise, yeah. Yeah, a horn yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Everything has a noisemaker, which, you know, appeals to kids, right? Kids yes, like it does. You were to leave that stuff lying around, kids are going to pick it up and clack it or make the noise, right? It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um,. I was listening. I have Sirius Radio, just to digress. This is GGTMC-esque. Uh, and they had Vivid Radio. And I thought, well, surely this isn't Vivid Radio. <laughs> uh, it was Vivid Radio. <laughs> so they had someone talking about um, the Triple X parodies and which ones were the best cinematically. Oh. <laughs> and uh, the, the woman who reviews them, oh, fuck, I got her name somewhere. She, she was actually, she was pretty good. She said that the Big Lebowski parody, the cinematography is incredible. She goes, honestly, she goes, there's moments when you forget you're watching it when it's just more montage with the camera work and everything. Huh. Um, she said it's fantastic. But she said the best overall XXX parody is FAP to the future. Oh. <laughs> so, the future. yeah, she said the production values are great. Uh, she said it's really well written. 
the fox capacitor and the, you know, all that stuff, right? So, uh, you know, Marty's not Marty. It's a girl in Daisy Dukes, and she's got the vest on, though, and the Nike shoes, and you know, yeah. But course. anyway, of course, yeah. so nice. an interesting little converse, little uh, thing to pick up on the radio. So, we did Grinch. We did uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We did the first half of that. I'm not a huge, huge fan of it. I like it. Uh, I don't love it. Mm. But I do love Chevy Chase. Um, and my kids have never seen it. So we threw it on. There's a few things as I get older I really laugh at. Uh, like him in the department store with the woman, with the uh, the buxom woman yeah. behind the counter. Yeah. You know, I laugh <laughs> at the detangling of the lights. Like that's There's some things that are just kind of, they're cliched kind of suburban, not urban myths, but there are things that, yeah, you, you can appreciate, obviously, yeah. you know, uh, at this juncture in my life. So it's good, you know, good enough. And, and let's say, uh, is it Beverly? Beverly D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. yeah. Low-key, like, Fox, man. Yeah. No, no, I don't know. A, I like her in a Christmas sweater, I got to tell you. She aged well. Mm-hmm. She's aged well over the years. She sure has. Last one I did was uh, one I'd actually never seen, man. I got to say, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, Stelvio Masi directed um, Eurocrimer, starring our boy, the Saxon. I think it's called Sure Shot or Kill Shot. What's it called? Cross Shot. Yeah. Called Cross Shot. And uh, this was solid. And it's got also Lee, Lee J. Cobb. Poor guy looks old in this one, though. Um, did, ever, did Lee J. Cobb ever look young? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, did, I no. Like, I He's like Burgess probably. Meredith. He was born 90 years old. Born, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Renzo Palmer's in this one too. Nice to see. Oh, actually, you know what's funny? Lino uh, Capolicchio's in it too, who's the lead in this one. <laughs> nice. Nice. Fuck, that's funny, man. Is he bearded? Anyway, this, is he or not bearded? No, no. Baby. He's a baby in this one. <laughs> so, uh, this one's good. Um, it's energetic. I, I For some reason, I thought it was going to be a little bit flat. Yeah. But no, it was it was solid, man. Like is, solid second tier Eurocrimer. Is shot right. one of those words where you can put anything in front of it and make a movie out of it? Yes. Much like like kick or punch or yeah. cop. Or <laughs> yeah. Death. Like uh, I don't know, bread shot. Uh, bread shot. Coffee rim shot. shot. Coffee shot. Yeah, rim shot. Yeah. Uh, duck shot. I mean, you can you can put anything in front of it. Think about it. Think about any word you can think of. Spaghetti yeah. shot. There you go. <laughs> you can put anything in front yeah. of the word shot. Getting like back kick. to the triple uh, X porn parodies. Yeah, like kick. I like kick. You're right. Well, we still got to do that one film. Speaking of merging together words, what was it? Kick fighting or kick fighter? Yeah, Didn't kick we fighter. do that? I don't know. Kick punch. Kick puncher or punch <laughs> kicker. Or yeah. Death yeah. punch. I don't know what this is. with that like kind of husky dude in, in like his jeans and no, t- no shirt and he's kicking his tabby boot up and then he was like a like a photoshop blade underneath it or something <laughs> i'm sure there's something yes uh, i gotta look that up anyway Might be kick i didn't fighter, watch anything kick fighter was... kick fighter maybe but no this was this was good it was energetic like i said I, I, for some reason that was gonna be flat and i was like man this isn't bad how oh, haven't ever seen it so yeah, yeah that's uh that's the week in a wrap yeah, in a nutshell uh, did you rewatch the gremlins you about oh fuck me! Of course. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Gremlins last night, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, our local theater had a community day. Movie was free. Concessions were deep discounted. Um, took our nephews. I'd never seen it on the big screen, so it, it, a little bit of a bucket list thing. Uh, it, yeah. it, Gremlins is, of course, probably the Christmas film for us mm-hmm. as a family. Yeah. I've always, 
I've always fast forwarded through the scene when Phoebe Kate says about her dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not because of not because of it being I gotta watch in case my kids come up. Not because of being morbid, but I never understood where it was a kids' film and she flat out says, and that's when I knew Santa Claus wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always fast forwarded through the scene and, and I for some reason thought they edited it out in this and then we get to it and I'm like we're in a theater. I can't drag all five of these kids out here for five minutes. <laughs> so we and just rolled through it. Yeah, and unfortunately, in theater, you can't do the distraction thing. Where like you can bring up some conversation. <gasps> yeah, look over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I explained away that I didn't want them to be upset when she talked about her father dying, and, yeah. and she stopped living in in Santa. Because my kids are at that age now where they're questioning things a little bit, right? And I think they're more pure of heart with that stuff than some of their friends because they're getting that chatter all the time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the ones that have big siblings. Yep, yep, yeah. My son's getting a lot so, of that from school and yeah, stuff now, so. That's tough, man. That's, it is. That's going to be the it, I mean, it's, era, it's right? an, Yeah, it's inevitable, but it's, uh, it is, you know, yeah, you, you hang on to it as long as you can because it, it does go away. Happens to all of us. Yeah, and I feel pretty good, 11 and 9. It's, it's not bad, but... Um, Anyway, Gremlins, it holds up wonderfully, right? I mean, I've seen it so many times. I know the film really well, and it holds up great. I mean, Dante does a great job. I'd never noticed the Richard Nixon poster on uh, Dick Miller's wall, though, until this time in his house, (laughs) which was funny. It's uh, apropos, right? So the the thing about – I was thinking about what you just said. Shit. And I had an antidote, and now – I can't remember what I was going to do. Yeah, hey, welcome to the wonderful era of middle age. Yeah. What was I saying? Why did I come in this room? I had a, yeah. I had a great, I had a great joke, and uh, boop, just fell right out of the head. It's yeah. gone. Well, I write down notes for everything, and then so I can't <laughs> find the fucking notes. And you can't find the notepad. <laughs> Damn it! I had a good thing going there. I had something. Shit. Ugh. She. She. Oh, it was nice to see Glenn Turman on the big screen. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. That's in right. my head, I said, "That's right. That's right. <laughs> He's up there." He's one yeah. of the. Isn't he the one that feeds it after midnight, or is he the one that uh, makes the mistake? Yeah. Well, he. I think he does, but as does I think Billy inadvertently because those sneaky motherfuckers unplay. They chew the electrical cord to his uh, his, his clock. Yeah. Yep. That's one of the. But Glenn Turman's weird, in it? yeah. He's a bit, yeah. He takes the blood test. He seems a bit cruel. Yeah, he does. The. I remember the commentary track for that DVD. I'm sure it's probably on the Blu-ray as well, and I think it's got a 4K release now. The original Gremlins does, but the uh, the commentary track, Zach Galligan, I think, is remembering things, and he's remembering things incorrectly. And Joe Dante, who I love, uh, you know, without without any issues whatsoever, is unnecessarily kind of shitty with Zach Galligan on that commentary oh, no track. Way. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of weird. It's kind of uncomfortable. It's like one of those commentary tracks where you're like. Are these two arguing? Is he talking down to him? What is going on? It's just it's just awkward. Well, he's he's the kind of guy who is he does not like to let mistakes go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Dante likes things to be you know he wants he likes to state the the fact. Yes, you can tell. And uh, but Zach's kind of going with something and got this long kind of explanation of things and and Joe Dante's like. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> That's not how it was at all. <laughs> I, I got to get that Blu-ray. I really do because I've always wanted to see some of the beside, the supplemental stuff behind the scenes or commentary tracks. And I'll say this too. You know, this was the key to the film. Gizmo holds up great. Yeah. The stop motion yeah, yeah. stuff, the puppetry, like the puppetry. I mean, it looks great. It holds up really well. And I, I was watching thinking, boy, if they fucked this up, this film would just been, it would have been the butt of a joke. I mean, it just would have been one of those like, um, 
uh, what's that one? Not Spookies. Anyway, there's one of those movies where this, the, the the creature looks atrocious. Ghoulies. It is, you know, the creature looks atrocious and it just it kills the film and it doesn't it, it sort of eliminates its possibility of being a a, a film for a generation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoke holds up, man. The, both uh, both designs of the Grim ones, both designs are. Uh, uh, yeah, they're they're pop culture like standards. Like I mean, totally. Even if you don't know what a gremlin is, like with the original idea of gremlin, like the Warner Brothers uh, airplane mm-hmm. gremlins, you know, yep. you, nobody remembers that compared to Gizmo and uh, Stripe. That's yep. right, man. Those things are and, and you know that's that's pretty impressive when you think about it after all these years. That yeah, we're, we're even pushing my, even my son years. knows who my son's never seen gremlins, and even he knows who Gizmo and Stripe are. <laughs> But yeah, the pop culture thing, the hold is very strong, and and it's uh, it's testament to the work they did, man. Yep. It's very cool. And I know Dante doesn't love to talk about; it. he's been burned out talking about it. But yeah, um, it is near and dear to my heart, and yeah. it's now to my kids' hearts. It's it's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, have they seen part two yet? They have. They love it. Yeah, they yeah, love it's, it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's very bizarre. It almost feels like hell's a poppin' in a way. Just yeah, it's very, very throw everything in. Yeah, self-referential. It's very bizarre. Yep. Yeah, no, totally, man. I wonder if House of Poppin was an influence because Joe Dante is a big film guy, right? So oh, I'm sure it was. He's. I know. It, it feels like it's just. I couldn't. I couldn't help but think that when I when I rewatched it with the kids, maybe two, three years ago. Man, this is really like that. I'd bet my left foot <clears throat> that Joe Dante is totally riffing on Hell's a Poppin because that's something he would do. Because he, uh, yeah. he, uh, he is a film nut. I mean, there's very few people that uh, have the memory for film that that guy does that he does well exactly that's that's for sure one final note my kids and my nephews were watching goonies in the van because we got the uh, the, the player in it that's another one i'm surprised over the years goonies and gremlins have not been remade thank goodness they haven't mm. i mean that doesn't really matter but it just it would it would annoy me i can see I goonies i can see goonies getting remade gremlins maybe a little bit more tough but knowing knowing me saying that uh, gremlins will probably get remade before goonies would <laughs> Watch! I just fucking jinxed it. I just said no hitter, no hitter. Oh, I just remember. I just remember what I was going to say. There it is. It came back. Uh, nice. That distraction thing. My mom and dad. That that that's one of my memories of uh, Roadhouse. The first time I ever saw Roadhouse, I watched it on a home video, mm-hmm. and uh, the during the uh, the uh, doggy style scene in the back room, my mom and dad started talking about some test I had to take at school. <laughs> nice. And I remember thinking, nice. I remember thinking, nice try, mom and dad. Nice try. That's but amazing. I, I forgot see about that sexual scene. activity. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fu- I'm so glad you said that because I've been like circling around showing my kids that. Other yeah. than yeah, I've been that- holding off because of the I used to fuck guys like you in prison line, but <laughs> I'm definitely holding off now because of that. Yeah, that once a, he's been in the back room, he's like, "You could be my Saturday night every night, every Saturday or something like that." He says something, to <laughs> and he's like, "You're done. You're gone. You're fired or whatever, whatever." Roadhouse, go back and listen to our review. We had a lot of fun with that one. Um, okay, that's everything, I guess. Uh, yeah, and also that uh, that Gremlins paper, that Gremlins pop culture reference. I'm I'm starting to think now, Todd. Maybe you can relate to this. I think people are loving Baby Yoda because of Gizmo. Uh, I could see that being the case. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, Baby Yoda's everywhere. Baby Yoda yeah. has become yeah. a thing, and uh, it's a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate to be the guy, but he's a bit obnoxious for me. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> but you know what? You mentioned the pop culture thing, and you nailed it. I was coaching soccer on the side, and yesterday on the sidelines, two kids are going on about the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, and it's like they wouldn't stop. I'm like, guys, I got to pay attention to the game here. 
I'm, I'm loving the talk, but listen, like yeah. pump the brakes on Baby Yoda. And they're talking about him and all these, there's three different Baby Yodas and all this. And I'm like, I have no idea now. You've lost me. I'll, so. I'll say this about The Mandalorian. I like the show. I really do. I enjoy it. I do. Um, but if there's ever a show ever made that panders more to its audience, I can't think of one. Uh, uh, it's like comfort food, like oh, it's it's of, it's, it's like know. let's let's see this week what we can bring back from the movies. <laughs> yeah, how about oh, that? But that's a genius idea. Oh yeah, I how, mean as far as for sustaining that, that yes, show's that, yeah. affection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this week it was uh, Moss Eisley and speeder bikes. Yep. So it, it tries oh, yeah. every, and then, uh, you know, next week it'll probably be something you know from another movie. Sarlacc Pit the, and something. I, I hope it's that. Uh, what was the fucking Yeti thing from Empire Strikes Back? Uh oh, I don't know what it was called, but I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, um, the Banta? No, yeah, was it a Banta? No, not Bantas are the things that Tuscan Raiders ride, right? Oh my bad. See, I, I just, I yeah. just have to hand in my Star Wars. Actually, it's not a Tons, it's Tons, Tons, is it? Wampu, actually, Wampu, something like that. Yeah, it is Wampu, and the uh, actually it's Wampu Avadi. The uh, <laughs> it's the uh, Wampano Pupo Pupi Avadi is uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't know this. The Bantha actually made an appearance in this week's Mandalorian too. So there you go. Yeah, the Bantha and the Tuscan Raiders and the Tuscan and the dog was the or dog do, 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 the fucking giant lizards. And you can guess. Then this is just the idea. Will hasn't seen it, but this is just the level of pandering when the Tuscan Raiders show up <laughs> in the uh, Mandalorian. You hear, you know, yeah, you hear that. Uh, oh yeah. And it's like, huh? oh god, you know. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But there's a bit of the old man in me that's like, oh, come on, guys. Uh, so. Yeah. It's just a little too pandery for me, to be honest. But I, I still do enjoy the show because it is very much a Western type show. I think they could do a little bit better job on some things, but whatever. I don't want to get to, don't let me talk too far. I'll get the, that Facebook uh, right. attack. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, okay. So there was a couple of things that I watched. Uh, just oh, a couple. One yeah. of them. There you go. One of them was Claire Denise High Life. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's right. You did watch that, and I've been meaning to watch this. Uh, it was good. It is really rough. Uh, I mean, if you've seen a Claire Denis movie, yes, then you kind of know what you're getting into. Damn. And this one is no exception. Uh, this is as sexually aggressive as I've ever seen a movie be. Yeah. Wow. Really? Uh, it's, much. it's, yeah, it's hard to the core. Um, <laughs> and and despite all that, you know, it's still got some great performances. It's, it, you know, it's, it's really, really nihilistic. Uh, it looks great. Um, and, uh, yeah, Pattinson really puts in a, a great performance as does, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Julia Pinoche, who you will probably not see in the same light again after a certain scene in this movie. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and what's his face from, uh, oh, what the hell is it? Uh, the Hey Ya guy. Um, Andre Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in it. Oh wow! Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> what a weird. Yeah, he's, that's a weird guy. I did not know that. That's uh. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in there. Um, those are probably the the three faces that you'll recognize. Uh, but yeah, all of all of the uh, all of the performances are, are are strong. But like I said, it, it is it is fucking brutal. Uh, so if you're looking for a feel-good kind of thing, this is probably something you would not want to steer yourself towards. But at the same time, I think it's a very rewarding, um, a very rewarding watch. So I would go recommend it to people um, nice, nice. who are fans of uh, of the cinema. How did you watch it? 
Uh, I got the blue off yeah. of Netflix. Yeah, it should be. Nice. It's out there nowadays. Yeah, I, I'm that guy that still has the fucking DVD. Oh, I, still, uh, I still got it, too. With <laughs> I still, Netflix. I still uh, got it. Everybody. No, that's good. I actually read a really good article about uh, how viewing has changed from, you know, the decades ended, right? So mm-hmm. it's on the cusp of ending and just how different we were viewing things 10 years ago. Yeah. So that's, yeah. yeah. Well, I had nothing wrong with that physical, that physical media. Well, man. I mean, the problem is that there's a lot of shit on there that they don't have streaming. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not subscribing to 20 fucking things yeah. so I can nope. see one movie that I want to see. Well, not only that. But I could just get the DVD from Netflix for this, however much. Uh, yeah, and this isn't for everybody when I say this, but the truth of the matter is physical media is still the best way to see it. I mean, that's still the highest quality. Sure, 100%. That's still the highest quality standard you can see a film uh, at home. Yeah. yeah. So it's still the best way. I would agree way. with that. I mean, even I, I buy 4K movies on iTunes, but even they are not as 4k as the physical media version of a 4k movie is it's just the 4k yeah, version yeah, is because yeah. i just bought the uh, the doors on 4k the oliver stone movie and um uh it looks gorgeous looks insanely beautiful and uh nice, nice. It just is what it is right so there you go yeah and then you know just watching stuff like uh watchman uh oh, yeah. which i'm still enjoying yeah and uh the new harley quinn um cartoon on uh, the dc service yeah. and if DC you like harley quinn i think you'll like that show if you don't like harley I, quinn, yeah. like me <laughs> if you're not a fan of harley quinn you really won't like it <laughs> you really won't uh, like that show <laughs> yeah although i will say i know we had a little conversation after the first episode it does kind of tone it down a hair uh in the second one yeah yeah i mean it really assaults you right in those first 10 minutes of that first episode right oh it's it's yeah it's <laughs> smacking you around yeah. it is like it is crass for the sake of being crass but like i said hearing uh, the joker say fuck is a pretty good moment i, I like when he when he asks her if she's if she's serious about wanting to, to taste piss i just i yeah. cracked up yeah but I, at piss? the same time you know I, yeah it is, it is extremely extremely in your face but at the same time uh, you know i i enjoyed it i got yeah. a chuckle out of it i think there's some really good comedic timing in it yeah. um and the the bane uh the guy who does bane in this in the second episode is really good too nice because he's just blatantly ripping off uh tom hardy so oh is he nice oh yeah yeah nice uh, so yeah, there's some uh, there's some good stuff there. I wish uh, people in my would, opinion, I thought wish people would do Bane as Al Pacino from Scarface. <laughs> I wish they do him as Glenn Turman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. From uh, yeah, from uh, JD's Revenge. JD's Revenge. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, uh, I'd tune in for that. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's everything. I've watched those same things. I uh, did like the last episode of Watchmen. I've watched some of the. I guess I watched some of the first Harley Quinn, but I'm not. It's not for me, and uh, it's not. Yeah, it yeah. is definitely not for everybody. Yeah, and definitely. I, I won't judge anybody who loves it because I know people love that character. I don't, but uh, she is nothing to me. Although I do think Margot Robbie is like the perfect casting for Harley Quinn if there yeah. ever was one. I'm not a huge fan of her, but I like that. I like that they really. I, yeah. What I like about her is that she is the the way that. DC really kind of cuts loose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's kind of their Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's what that character. So she can kind. She can kind of stick outside the 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 four panels, the the yeah. four uh, borders of the panel kind of right. thing. You right. Know? Yeah. DC's uh, Harley Quinn is Marvel's Deadpool. Yes, you're right. Yeah. It's the way. It's the way to comment on their own thing and break the fourth wall and all that kind of stuff. Yes. The yes. fourth panel. The fourth panel. Is that fourth, what you're uh, fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a way to talk to the audience, basically. Yes. Kind of comment yeah. on it and stuff. But yeah, those two characters are very similar in a lot of ways. 
Um, okay, that's everything. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and uh, talk about some poopy. Uh, yeah. We'll be back. Of. Yeah, we'll be back right after this. Baby, when I met you, there was peace on I set out to get you with a fine tooth comb. I was soft inside. There was something going on. You do something to me that I can't explain. Hold me closer and I feel no. I challenge everybody that listens to this show today, including you two, to not have that song stuck in your head the rest of the day. <laughs> Never I, I not good. Gonna, I was going to say, you try and tell me you weren't dancing in your seat listening to that. I was just yeah. dancing just now. I think that is one of the best pop songs that Barry Gibb has ever written. And it feels so That's Barry saying Gibb. something. And that's yeah. saying something from a guy who can write yeah. pop songs like it's, no, like it's going a out of style. Yeah, I mean... But that song is unbelievable in its catchiness. I mean, it's ridiculous. It yeah, is, it's the, pace. Everything just perfect for yeah, it's yeah, the for definition the of an earworm. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Unlike the song that'll probably be our next song, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a different type of worm. Um, That's right. All right, so we are back. And uh, full disclosure, I don't even have my fucking uh, IMDb up. I mean, uh, what am I doing? I'm opening Audacity for a second Yikes. time. I don't even know what the fuck I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. What kind of shit show are we running here? <laughs> Good God. It's our you want show. Me to then? <laughs> yeah, if you could. Yeah, okay. Could. Okay. okay. So we're going to do House with the Laughing. No, The House with Laughing Windows. There we go. Yes. Directed by one and only Pupi Avati, 1976, one year before the class was brought to the trash. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we should say this film is a good mix of class and trash. Uh, yeah. Or sleaze in class. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking deeply sleazy. Uh, Stefano, a young restorer, is commissioned to save a controversial mural located in the church of a small, isolated village. <laughs> so this film... Does anyone want to, before I rant on, not rant, before I well, ramble on about this one, do you guys have uh, anything to add about the production itself? Or uh, no, I just... Uh, backstory, maybe, why Todd picked it? Yeah, or? maybe why Todd picked it would be interesting, yeah. Well, yeah. the reason that I picked it is because I'd always, uh, I'd been a fan of it, I'd been, and I'd been putting off uh, a rewatch of it, because this is only the second time, it's been a long, long time since I watched it uh, the first time, um, and I just, I wanted to get back around to it and I wanted to do something that was both, uh, Italian and a little bit odd even for, uh, the Italian genre, uh, filmmakers. And this certainly fits the bill. Yes. Um, oh, it does. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I wasn't, you know, I, I kind of, one of the things that's fascinated me about this movie forever is that I kind of have a bit of a hard time putting it into a category yes. because it's, it has the lurid elements uh, that you expect out of a giallo. But at the same time, uh, it's very, very much uh, a horror film uh, and very much even more than that, like a folk horror film. There's a lot of folk elements to it. That's a good Like you would almost get out of um, out of like The Wicker Man or something like that. Yep. Uh, and it's or even uh, actually the, the perfect uh, analogy to this movie would be Don't Look Now. Um, yeah. So you, you have that, you know, they had because you have that element with the with the art and what the art is hiding uh, on the wall. Uh, and how you know there's there's this ugly truth at the uh, the center of this little um, what is it an island or yeah. is it an island or is it just an isolated village because they were talking about I think they were talking about a train that comes in but the guy comes in on a boat uh, the Stefano character comes in on a boat to begin with yeah um, so you know it's it's that whole thing is that you know it's that isolated you know kind of weirdo culture uh, thing that. Um, that really kind of appeals to me that, that thing that, you know, there's something, there's something going on. Everybody's putting on a face, uh, and acting like, uh, nothing than usual, making up excuses, that sort of thing. Uh, and I, I just always have found that really fascinating about this movie because that's the kind of thing that when Poopy of on his game, uh, he does really well is kind of twist, uh, genres together and around and everything else and give them, uh, give them new ideas. Uh, and I think that's certainly here. Yeah, um, we'd agree completely. The, with you. Uh, and when the, you... the church stuff is shot in uh, Bologna, but as we say here in America, shot in Bologna. Bologna. Yeah, shot in Bologna. Shot in Bologna. Shot in Bologna. Mine has a first name. It's P-U-P-I. Oh, I can't even do it with A-V-A-T-I. My Bologna has a second name. It's A-V-A-T-I. Did you, did you, shoot, my, did you shoot my Bologna? <laughs> I shot my Bologna. Whoa. Uh, not today yet. But Yeah. Uh, no. Dead horsey sauce. Yeah. It's soon early. come, soon come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, speaking of sort of rural or what was the term you used, folk, folk. horror? Mm. Maybe this is. I don't know if this this next one to mention fits into the folk horror category, but I feel like um, it'd make a fantastic companion piece because of country of origin and and some of the themes. Uh, have either one of you seen? I think you have talked. I think we've talked about it before. A quiet place in the country. I have not seen that one. Oh, fuck, uh, that's, so good. that's the Damiani. Yeah, I believe no. it's Damiani. No, it- no. It's uh, Elio Petri as well. Oh, it's Petri, well. that's it. Yeah, it's Petri. I watched another Petri recently. Anyway, uh, it's Redgrave and Narrow. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm aware fantastic. of it. I have it on the docket, but yeah, no, I haven't gotten to that one yet. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a big, big, big fan. Husband of and wife, uh, but, right? Husband and wife, Redgrave and Narrow. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's and it's about a painter. He's got some intense dreams, and he. Yeah, anyway, it's so it's. That's, that's, that's the other thing that I like here and that, you know, Avadi does really well is that he's, he's really good at, uh, taking things like normal things that we would have genre wise and adding something to them, giving them a bit of a, uh, an angle. Uh, that's certainly what he did with Zader, mm-hmm. uh, which I think, you know, when most people think Poopy Avadi, they think of two movies, they think of this, they think of Zader, uh, yeah, and both of them sure. rightfully so. Yeah, um, I would agree. But it's that that you know where Zader was kind of mixing text te- te- can't speak technology with uh, the uh, the zombie genre. This one's mixing kind of uh, more primitive uh, aspects, uh, especially with the art. Because I think that the painting that he's he's uh, restoring is for Saint Sebastian, 
uh, I think it's a painting of St. Sebastian who was a martyr. Let me think if I can remember this one. Because uh, I did do research on this before I lost all my notes. But um, the painting that they show is him with a bunch of uh, knives stuck in him. Uh, mm-hmm. St. Sebastian was shot with arrows. Yep. Um, and then he survived that. And then I think uh, afterwards he went to help somebody out. Uh, and he wound up getting clubbed to death. So there was never actually <laughs> he was never actually knifed. So it's it is kind of I I find it, I kind of find that interesting that uh, it's not you know technically accurate for a, a painting of Saint Sebastian but it's still that was what it was meant to be in the in the church but regardless but that's the that's the thing that I like about it the most uh, one of the things that really sticks out to me is this that that peeling away uh, of these layers and the, these uh, these people who are in this village or who come to this village. Uh, and you really kind of have have to ask yourself the question when you sit down and look at it critically: uh, is why would this guy be coming to the village to restore this painting if nobody wants him there to restore this painting? Um, it's just one of those kind of logical things that kind of that, that pops up to you. Uh, yeah, that's when, fair. When you sit down and think about it, um, and then you know, of course, he wants to stick around because now he's a uh, he's a guy who's in search of truth. So he's he's going to find it no matter what happens. Uh, and of course, he falls into the arms of uh, what was her name, Francesca, Francesca Marciano. Marciano. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, he falls into her uh, her arms, and then uh, you know she's certainly uh, something to look at. She's a, a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then natural beauty. Yes, and well, and then you see her hairy armpits, and I kind of have to tap out a little bit. Um, but that's a you personal. Tap out, thing. I'm tapping in. Oh, buddy, you could have them. You could I'm have them. Really, I'm, not, I'm not really into it, but to each their own. I'm not as averse as some, I would say. I guess. No, but it does. It does. It, it is one of those things that when Rocket I see it, stops. I'm just kind of like, yeah. You're, <laughs> like, whoa, we got. I got. I have to evaluate a few things now <laughs> before we continue. That record yeah. scratch. but what but one of the things that that's that's also really great here is that you know it's just it's gruesome this is a gruesome movie and every character in it is gruesome with the exception of the francesco and the uh and the lino keppel 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 yeah Yeah. who is like he's like a a blander version of james mcavoy um that's a yeah that's pretty that's pretty note man it's funny the beard his beard game's like a ewan mcgregor beard game yeah yeah but 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 the uh it's a little too perfect that beard that beard's a little too perfect yeah it really is it's like a porn and and that that trench coat looks like it's just fucking it's enshrouding him yeah uh it's just like it's it looks like it just doesn't look right on him for some reason i don't like him in the trench coat i think it just looks weird uh the earthy tones man does well the whole movie's about the earthy tones it is uh, and you get you get these really 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 oddball characters like the uh, the handyman uh, at the church, who is very very much me very much akin to someone like Luciano Rossi. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Are we thinking of the same guy? The the guy uh, he takes him to. There's a Lu, the Luciano the Luciano guy who's Rossi. the altar boy. That's maybe who I'm thinking of. He's got the dark hair. And he's. He's yeah, like the young guy. He's got the ripped sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I was going to say the ripped sweater, but I didn't know yeah. if anyone else. Yeah, that's the yeah. Luciano Rossi character. Okay, me. okay. Uh, and he's uh, he's just really, he, you know, he, uh, on the one hand, he seems to be the one of the most honest people about what's going on. But at the same time, there's a really scummy underside to him uh, well, that, that you get from, from the beginning. You do, but I think that's really one of the... the the master strokes, no pun intended, being a film about painting and sexuality to some degree, uh, of the film is that that really scummy 
undertone that we get that's pervasive throughout the town. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's but, I think. Go ahead. But he's the most he's the most bald faced about it. He's the most yeah. he's the guy who will sit there and he no will filter. tell you you know exactly what's going on and why this person is shitty or that person is shitty. But at the same time, he's a royal scumbag. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, well, he, I like that. I like that. That kind of I like that kind of um, like that duplicitous, ingratiating kind of quality that he has. Yeah, yeah he does. Uh, Which is, is yeah, we need that too, right? Our, our as the viewer and and as as Stefano, uh, it's yeah. you know it's it's essential to him traversing through this, right? Like he's <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it it helps him usher him through it a little bit and fill in some pieces for sure. Yeah, and of course, you know, you have the the uh, the whole aspect of the uh, the artist in pain uh, to begin with. They call him Suffering. the painter of agony. Yeah, um, who is the uh, the character who painted the uh, the fresco in the first place? And you have that weird uh, voiceover that he's doing over the uh, the opening credits, and then we hear multiple times throughout the movie uh, where he's just talking about you know painting his blood and my colors, you know, paint, my colors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's fucking creepy, man. It, it's creepy, and it, it's it's very unsettling because it, it's it's a it's a mix between feverish, uh, like sex. It's very mm -hmm. sexual. It's very feverish. It's very just down the rabbit hole mentally. Like it, it's yeah. it's intense. It's a very intense kind of rambling monologue, and it it feels authentic. Yes, you know, yeah, it yeah. feels very authentic. The only thing that I found humorous was the. Scream we heard intermittently, ah! you know, but, but the monologue, the sort of running monologue he does, but art and my colors and it is, it's intense. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, and you know, you get to the, uh, the portion of it where we, where he moves into the mansion, mm -hmm. uh, the old estate that's overgrown and, and you get a really, uh, I, I kind of hesitate to say this, uh, you get a really gray garden sort of feel. You do. Um, especially with the old lady who's bedridden and just this kind of, you know, uh, clearly somebody who had a lot of money, maybe still has a lot of money, but at the same time can do nothing with it and is miserable and alone and all this crumbling sort of high society. Right. Exactly. It's, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, that, that plays out and plays in and everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, let me think here. There's that, 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 that. And then, of course, uh, you have the uh, the ending, which, like the endings of uh, of something like Zader, again, you're given, uh, you're given something where he's, um, he's giving you everything you need, uh, but he's still not letting you off the hook. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's still kind of leaving things dangling, and he's still kind of leaving things kind of a little... Uh, murky, although it's it's a little more definitive in this one yeah. uh, than it is in something like Zader. Um, for those of you who are who are interested, but uh, yeah, well, uh, that, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, that's you, you, some good stuff there, man. I'm trying to there, see if my so where's Sammy is. Sammy there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm looking for my soundboard, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll kind of riff on. There we go. Yeah, I got my sounds back because he was talking about. Uh, you know the hot ladies and things. So I was trying to get the and the armpit hair. So I'm trying to find my sound effect here. <laughs> yeah, and of course, oh, you have the the. Sammy had to go back to his bunk for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find my stuff. The colors, oh, they run. Yeah, <laughs> dropping fucking loads. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> little Nick Manning up in this yeah. piece. <laughs> all over your fucking glasses. Oh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Like, you, you guys are getting into the psychosis. I'm just like, I'm just going to step back. Yeah, <laughs> well, the movie's about psychosis. It, it is. Yes, it, it is. is. And, I, and I love that this film exists. I think yeah. you look at a vibe. Who, I'm trying to think of a filmmaker that's comparable because I think – Who's an Italian it, filmmaker that's comparable to in him? Italy, uh, actually, I would compare him a little bit with, like you were saying, uh, like you were mentioning, Petri. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably the closest. Although, although they're they're certainly, I mean, the one is far more political uh, than this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys, I can only get certain sound effects to work for some reason. My soundboard's not working. <laughs> Your bag of tricks is letting you down, man. It is. Thanks for me, I'm It's letting me down a little bit here. Yeah. Oh, uh, say that, do that one again. That was a uh, strike, uh, strike commando, or what is it? That love Drakey Stainer. There's, there's an old classic there, right there. You hear that one? Oh, yeah. Drakey Stainer. Yeah. That love Drakey Stainer. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's a classic from way back in the day. Oh, man. I forgot about Drake. He, you know, forgot about Dre? I forgot about Dre. Key, Stainer. Yeah. Uh, can't get, awesome. I was trying to get my Boing sound effects to work, and then my <laughs> stuff was talking about the armpit hair and stuff, but my Boings aren't working. My Boings. Oh, man. Boing. Yeah. Boings are good. I will say, and one other thing that I want to I want to make mention of is that, you know, the movie's called The House with Laughing Windows, and there is a house with laughing windows in it. However... I kind of had a hard time reconciling why it's there uh, other than to be kind of a unusual sort of visual thing. I mean, I well, understand yeah, I understand I the significance of the location. Well, yeah. But I, just... I, I don't recall anywhere in the movie where there's any significance given to it other than that and that it has the, well, uh, the things on the – Yeah, I think, I think that's probably – and it's an evocative title. And yeah, it, right. It, but I mean it has, no, the... it has no other – but yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It almost feels like it's, it's in there just to be the title of the movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, no, it feels like – well, to me, for me, it personally felt like we have this location – uh, let's, let's let's make a movie around, build around it. Yeah, yeah, I could. Well, yeah, no, I could. I could see that. I could believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I think too. It. I don't know. It just within the confines of the genre to have a an evocative yet convoluted title. It's almost whether it's a studio demand or an in joke that Avadi wanted to do, and having yeah that location. It's a great location, like you said, right? Beale's Beale, um, uh, Grey Gardens, Beale, Beale Ask, Beale's, Beale's, Maisels. Measles. Oh, the the Beazle, the, 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 the yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. what I was afraid of tripping over and saying Be- the Beazles. Beazlebub? Beazlebub? Yeah, Beazlebub. Yeah. A GGTMC uh, trivia fact, Poopy Avadi, the last director to work with George Eastman in an acting capacity. No way. Yeah. What yeah. was it? Uh, Christmas Rematch. It was that uh, made-for-Italian-TV oh, kind of. Oh, I have that, man. Yeah. Nagalo, was it? Hang on, hang on. Regalo Natale. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was like a series. It's like uh, these friends get together for uh, like a, a bunch of Christmas games. It's like, yeah. you know, dudes just riffing on life. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> wow. I got to watch that for Chris. That's one of my Christmas jams. Yeah. Fuck. 2004. That was the last time Eastman's been on screen. He hasn't been on screen since 2004. That's amazing. Yeah. I got to say, uh, I got to say that I forgot what I was going to say. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Let me see if I can find that record scratch again. Make this thing work. Make this thing work. 
I don't recall, but I'll roll with my stuff and maybe it'll come back to me. There you go. Uh, all right. So yeah, the opening monologue we spoke about. It's it's intense. It's it's dark. It's feverish. It's it's. Um, I think it, you look at something like this, and I think one of the things I love most about the film is, and it gets more overt as the film goes on, is it's that sense of mistrust. There, there's that 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 underlying menace, and you can't quite put your finger on it. But when you're a stranger in a strange land, much like in something like Wicker Man or Str even Straw Dogs, even though the way they handle the material and some of the themes is different, but that level of mistrust when you're a stranger somewhere and just how everything's a little bit off kilter. Yeah, well, and, and you that's that's kind of enhanced by um, how barren uh, the place is. Yeah, it's like, great. There's nothing like it, it, aside from like high grass and you know overgrowth. There's really not a lot going on yeah. well, and you look uh, in at, this place. So No, there's not. And you look at how this collective, um, how a collective can start to move in lockstep psychologically, mm -hmm. morally. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Culpability, you know, uh, as far as among the townsfolk, uh, how where are they of things is this sort of infectious or i don't know it's i really like that how you almost feel like the only person but you don't know who to trust and you go somewhere and you're just it feels like you're it's it's you against the world right mm -hmm. and that that in and of itself has an underlying feeling of dread and menace well yeah yeah there's that there's that that sort of fear of um that sort of uh, what's the word I'm like, oh, uh, I don't want to say xenophobic because it's not really xenophobic but it's uh, like that fear of uh, outsiders fear yes. of like society yeah um, and that uh, fear of like modernity uh, mm -hmm. if you if you like mm -hmm. um, and that just you know that that sort of uh, that sort of almost like uh, cultish paganistic sort of thing going on uh, in the the mindset of the the village the characters yeah, yeah. Not even town, the village folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, they, they want to keep it walled in, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Um, I like what's her name. Is it Vanna Busoni, the teacher, the ginger? Yes. I, one thing I like about her, I feel like Francesca the teacher, is almost teacher slash prostitute, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's teaching something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel like you know Francesca is good. I feel like she's almost a little too. A little too up, not uptight. She's too chaste for her own good, in a way. Like, uh, and I know what she's, they're trying to go. Well, she's for, very, she's very quiet, and she doesn't really have much to do. She doesn't. Uh, aside from being eye candy and being kind of the love interest. I mean, outside of that, she really doesn't have a, a hell of a lot going on for her character. Wait, no, um, she doesn't. And and really, that's kind of the thing. I mean, but at the same time, you know, had had the original teacher uh, stuck around. Um, I don't know, you know, how the the movie would have developed. Uh, it, would have, it would have certainly been different if it was just her and uh, and Stefano. I would have uh, preferred oh, which, that in a way. Which and reminds me. Go ahead. Which reminds me. Everybody in this movie eats with very large spoons. Sam. Ooh. Oh uh, yeah, I got a note here. <laughs> nice. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I got a note here. <laughs> so uh, the teacher character, the ginger. T I think I liked about her is I think she had kind of one of those. A thing I like seeing in films sometimes from women that are just past forty, mid forties maybe. She has that kind of bruised angel, sad face in a way. And he even comments on that. He says you have a sad face. 
and it's almost like Tuesday Weld and Thief. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's kind of beat them up a bit. Their wings are clipped. I almost would have preferred that dynamic dynamic because I think Francesca's character is underserved. And, you know, it's she's fine. Well, she's literally a babe in the woods. But she's a babe in the woods and she is left to be kind of wide eyed and quiet, which it, yeah. it works. It works. But I she's just a, would have preferred she's a, island a little in more the stream, scar man. tissue. Island she's an island in the stream. That's right. Yeah, she definitely is. <laughs> um, but I got to say, and I don't, I don't, I sure they don't mean to sound piggish. I was watching this to my wife yeah. <laughs> when I said this, but she has the most granny panties in the history of cinema. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. She's good. Yeah, those things are practically up to her ribs. Well, she's got this black lace bra on, and then she's got these white cotton bloomers on. And I said, oh, my God. I said, that's that's horrible. Yep. And my wife, she's funny. Without missing beach, she goes, yeah, she probably had her period that day. And she's wearing those underwear for that reason. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like, well, fucking delay the shooting for a week. Yeah, it, just, yeah. it looks so silly. Nice uh, practic practical purpose for wearing that underwear. Yeah, the... Uh or, or it could just be speaking to her character, right? Yeah, like yeah. she's naive and innocent. Well, yeah, I mean, one yeah. thing about those type of bloomers, you know, man, you can if you fall out of a laughing window, you can parachute. You really could. <laughs> I'm telling you, this. <laughs> yeah, you really could. How about this too? We get a great, really shameless dummy death in this. Oh, it's oh yeah, it, yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. reason enough to stay in the village alone. Find out where yeah. they made that dummy. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, they don't cut away. They don't try to hide it. They like, oh, just yeah. toss it's, it out the window. Yeah, it's, and it's immediate, too. Like, the, the minute you see something falling out of the window, you're like, oh, shit, that's a dummy. That's dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's with pretty arm just bends backwards. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty fun one. I often wonder with these Italian films if they use the same dummy in every movie. <laughs> yeah, I think they, yeah. they share one. It's communal dummy. Yeah, it's that's like, amazing. <laughs> got to call him Martino. He's got my dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that shit back. <laughs> Gotta sign it out. Sign it out. Hey, DeLeo, yeah. give me my dummy, you bastard. Dele well, DeLeo had a few dummies on set for the boss. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he sure did. Uh, the one older woman in this, I can't remember, but she looked like, I'm borrowing from the words of our friend Alan Loftiger. She looked like the woman who looked like Tomisa Burrow Wakayama, a.k.a. Lone Wolf from Suspiria. <laughs> yeah. She's that old yeah. Italian woman in this. Yeah. Uh, and the one nonna, it's funny, she does such a nonna move where uh, to, where she's lying in bed and even if she can't get up, she still throws something at someone for mouth and off. Yeah. Or makes she throws a cup at them. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I love how Avadi is an assured filmmaker. I think he's very intellectual and I think he's concerned yeah. with mining depths. And I think he's, one of the things I love is how confident he is in allowing silence to um, to extend the, or, or uh, strengthen or enhance the dread in a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, I just thought of this. You know, it's kind of almost like you could compare Avadi to Cronenberg in certain ways. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly these are two guys who are taking – more obsession uh, intellectual yeah obsession and intellectual ideas and applying them to you know like uh, body horror elements and things yeah. that are a little more taboo and a little more uh, like sleazy um and making great stuff out of it yeah and, and applying an intellectual bent yeah, to yeah, yeah. material that could otherwise be considered kind of tawdry and yeah, just kind of yeah, low-level sleaze, for sure. Yeah, uh, I think that electricity in Italy is clearly not up to code. <laughs> yeah, no. And that shit pops fast. That shit pops yeah. fast. Shadows, great use of shadows in this film. Really yes. great use of shadows. Not to the point of cliche, 
but just really, really strong, right? And again, and I, and I think the strength of this film is the atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, it's very, again, Avadi is very confident and assured as a filmmaker to say, I'm going to take my time. Yeah. This is going to wash over you. It's going to be immersive. Yep. It's and just creeping dread from beginning to end. It's creeping dread. And it's like, you feel like when it starts, you're just slowly being pulled under the water. Yeah. 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 Right. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. It's fantastic. Um, burr, 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 burr. See, you mentioned about not being able to read your writing. Guess what? This is poopy. You. <laughs> <laughs> poopy you call yourself italian oh poopy oh, because, you've done it again <laughs> oh because i think that the sex scene was so um but again it was oh it's, yeah it's art. very yeah jeez it's, it, I, that, I don't yeah. think there's any i don't think well i should say there's mm. very little nudity uh, yeah. in the film yeah there is there it's, is it's not little. it plays with some sexual deviancy and some things like that but it doesn't there's no real nudity in the movie i mean not much it's more it plays tame. with the ideas of yeah. them. It, it's yeah. it's not uh, in your rubbing your face in it, right? Yeah, I think I mean, that, there's there's like, there's like one flopsy mopsy you might get here and there, but that's about it. Yeah, uh, small town secrets. We kind of already talked about that. Mm. You do get those. You do get those vaginal armpits. Oh. Yes, you do. God, <laughs> that wispy hair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love I love too how he he doles out the. <laughs> or our layers on the, the the thickening of the plot, like the, the way th- you know as we go on with Stefano, I love how he just slowly doles it out and adds mm-hmm. more and more as Stefano's starting to figure things out. It's he does that really really well. Yeah, he kind of he kind of uh, he kind of tries to uh, balance the peeling away of the uh, the mystery with just sort of this this weird these weird atmospheric scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of odd the pacing because it's not it's not really a fast paced movie, but at the no, same time not. it is it is engaging a hundred percent throughout. It's it's it is slow moving yet it's always engaging. Well, yeah, yes, it yeah, play yeah. it plays the mystery well. I mean that's that's what I like about it the most is that it keeps you interested because it it plays out its pacing really well. There are some slow moments, but I I think for the most part it's kind of playing with film language and he's kind of moving the camera slowly and there's just kind of uh, Will said this atmosphere to the movie that really keeps you kind of uh, not guessing so much, but it just kind of piques your interest the whole time. Yeah, because you're trying to figure out what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah, and it's locking, and it really it's 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 hypnotize it's it hypnotizes you in a way, right? It, yeah. It's lulling yeah. you into the rhythm that he wants you to be in when everything's happening. Yeah, it's almost Kubrickian in a way, even though. I wouldn't say the film is Kubrickian, but it is. It does kind of remind me of that kind of yeah. Slow, he's going to move it at the pace, the yeah. slow, deliberate pace that he wants. He's not going to be succumb to studio pressure to say, "No, we're going to have some quick cuts and this and that." No, he's going to do it exactly at his pace. Those are all my notes. I don't because to talk about the, the the back end of this film uh, would do it a tremendous disservice. And yeah, I, you really. It's one of those ones you really have to experience. Yeah, and then that's and that's the toughest thing about reviewing one like this. I was telling Todd. I mean, I'm glad you guys found a lot to talk about. Because I know we don't have a lot to talk about, that, or a lot that we can talk about story-wise, because it, it relies very heavily on a twist. And uh, you can't really, without giving stuff away, you can't even talk about like some of the kind of standard cliches of Italian thrillers even at the time. Um, all you can really say is there's some sexual type things in here. And yeah. oh, yeah. uh, you, you got to kind of leave it at that. 
And uh, but I did enjoy it too. I think what I enjoy the most about it is the setting is really nice. Uh, it's not like it's not like a paradise, but it, it's it's this it, this kind of remote, northern Italy. Yeah. yeah, it's this kind of remote area with these kind of marshland like uh, areas. It's almost like you know it's almost yep. swampy. It's kind of there's a stream and a river, but it feels kind of swampy. It feels like a town that has seen better days and like it's yeah. used up all of its natural resources and now it's just kind of hanging on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or they're uh, they used to just be uh, like a shipping uh, area, like. Um, well, I think his friend at one point talks about there being no more eels in the water, and uh, you know I know yeah, Italians yeah. eat uh, eels, right? Am I right about that, Will? Is that something? Is that an Italian delicacy? And Todd, yeah, yeah, no, for sure, I've had eel before. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know that's a bit of a delicacy for them, but regional delicacy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pass on the eels personally, but uh, they're not bad. Not bad. No, I, I don't they're know. Not bad. Yeah, I eat, we eat tripe. I'm sure, Todd, you eat tripa? Ah, uh, no. It's good, man. I eat tripe, but the Italians do it with tomato sauce and potatoes. It's, we had it at our wedding, actually. Nice. Nice. You ever get down with tripe, Sammy? Uh, no. No, I have not. Do a little it's... ATM with the tripe? Oh, get down yeah. with the tripe, tripe. Wasn't tripe what they used to make the Caltiki? In the <laughs> yeah 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 it was did yeah, they it was. yeah yeah they used to, just, to get, just to give you an indication it's also it's also what they <laughs> my use, feelings on tripe it's what they use for uh, some parts of the egg and uh, alien as well I believe yeah I yeah. yeah I don't know I like to be adventurous uh, I've had ox tongue tacos they were pretty good yeah okay uh, I could probably get behind that a little bit you know that no pun like intended it. man I I listen ATM. I am I am not I am not. Uh, that adventurous. You eat uh, scrapple. Oh, That's fucking adventurous. That is not adventurous. <laughs> that is the greatest thing God ever made. Uh, if he didn't want us to eat it, he wouldn't have put the parts on the pig. That's fair. Uh, so That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> keep telling, but, uh, keep telling yourself that brown eye. I know. <laughs> brown eyed scrapple. Ooh, brown eyed uh, scrapple. So, that uh, delicacy in America. There. But yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really get that adventurous. Uh, Culinary wise, I used to be. Um, I used to be a lot more not, adventurous I'll, I'll, than I am I'm now. Not, I'm not saying that I won't try things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you give me, if you know, if you give me the option, nine out of ten, I'm gonna pick a cheeseburger over like a tripe sandwich. Well, certainly, or a, uh, well, certainly when I travel, I'm much more adventurous because at that point it's regional and it's probably made in Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the old saying when in Rome, right? But. You know, if I go to somebody's house and they're like, "Hey, man, I saw this recipe the other day for some tripe wieners. You want to?" <laughs> like, "Whoa, whoa, dude! Where are you getting the tripe Oof. from? <laughs> you know, yeah. what are Oof. we doing here? You know, I'm in the middle of fucking Saskatchewan or something. You know, and somebody <laughs> says they want to try Regina Dare well, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think I think another part of it is that I don't want to I don't want to be put in a position where I try something, you know, just to try something or make somebody happy or whatever, and I wind up just wanting to vomit it out. Yeah, because then it's like you want. Because then it's it just yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I want it to stay in yeah. there. Yeah, and I, and not, I want to make sure out. I clarify my statement not to knock the good people of Saskatchewan or Regina. We just you know. No, we have we have the, <laughs> our friends, the Hardys. Yeah, it's just fun to it's just fun to say you know say that Saskatchewan. Regina is when Regina is fun to say. <laughs> it is. The Beastie Boys even say you're from Brooklyn or I'm from Brooklyn. You're from Regina. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's one of the lines, man. It's a good word to. It's a famous yeah. name uh, from uh, Seinfeld, I think, too, right? Or is it is is that the one that rhymes with vagina? It, it sure does. Yeah, there we is go. Is it though? From that, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're twelve, and we're unapologetically twelve. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're twelve forever. That's uh, a that's, that's, <laughs> twelve for life. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I, I like the camera footage. I really like the way the camera moves around during the scene where he kind of finds the makeshift studio with the tape recorder and the tapestry painting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I like that quite a bit. That's right around the time that the uh, Italian electricity fails him. Um, there's some weird things in the movie, though. I mean, some things where you think to yourself, why would you do that unless you were in an Italian suspense movie? Like the uh, <laughs> the girl sitting in the room dark and listening to a tape recorder. The colors. Yeah. The colors. And it's like, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> why are you sitting there listening? She's like, oh, this is interesting. I'm like, yeah. They, <laughs> I would not do that. I, you know, I just would not go to a dark room and be like, I'm going to check out this guy's tape recorder. Yeah. You know. Dude, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, some weird stuff like that. He clearly had dick in hand when he was recording this. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting a little too uncomfortable here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it, there is some moments like that. But, it, you know, it's got a, a little person in here. So it's already playing with uh, expectations, like right from the get-go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of, you know, messing with you a little bit and you know, that, you know, not, I'm obviously, I'm not speaking ill of anybody that's a, a little person, but I've, the Italians would use, uh, you know, smaller people sometimes for, uh, that type of visual disruption and stuff to kind of keep things off kilter. Um, they're not the only ones I know that, you know, the English used them as well, but there was always that kind of element. And so that's here and that that water coming out of those ponds and those marshlands that's some dirty shit man that guy's putting the stuff in the jars i'm like man that's nasty look like mm-hmm. them, them pickled eels that pickled scrapple thereby no <laughs> you don't want to pickle that <laughs> oh man oh yeah you don't want to pickle it that's what you say i'm pickling right now <laughs> right now i'm pickling yeah i'm straight pickling thereby uh <laughs> um uh, but I enjoyed uh, the revisit of this. I hadn't seen this in a long time. Uh, this was one that I rented on video. Uh, it had that great title. It has a pretty cool poster. And uh, it was one of those ones that was like available on video in the States. I don't know why. Maybe it was a regional thing or something. But it it kind of it got out there a little bit. And uh, I remember seeing it. And then when I was younger and I saw it, <clears throat> I didn't quite process as much. I, I can remember thinking it was kind of boring. But I was looking for, you know, a giallo. I was looking for a straight up giallo, and this isn't really that. It's 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 a horror no. suspense film, but a giallo it is not. So, it has a very giallo esque title, no doubt. And I think sometimes it gets roped into that world, but it's. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I it, think it you does, guys would it agree. It does only because of its because of its like skankier elements. I think. Yeah, and, and, well, and, that, it, and that it's dealing with with murder and a mystery. Yeah, but and that giallo Italian. to me, giallo yeah. to me is is a little more. It's it's more urban. Number one, number two, um, Giallo tends to be a little more procedural, yeah. Than this is. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. This is much more mysterious, right? And yeah, kind of ethereal, and it's mm-hmm. kind of playing with uh, you know religious iconography. Iconof- uh, it's easy for me to say iconography. Yeah. There we go. Uh, religious scrapple, and uh, it's playing with a. Uh, <laughs> You know all these kind Religious of things. Scrapple. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, but it's not uh, as yellow in any way, shape, or form uh, outside of those kind of very base elements that you're talking about. But again, I think it gets roped in because one, it's Italian; two, it's uh, it's got a very yellowist title; three, it's a mystery in some ways. It's mysterious what's going on, and four, there's murder involved, and so you, you immediately kind of throw all those things at the wall and there's another element involved too but again i can't mention it because it'll give away a big heavy plot point uh, and it seems giallo-esque but it's it's really not it's really just much more of a kind of 
um, mystery mystery drama with some horror elements. And uh, because of that, it kind of makes sense because, you know, if you look at Poopy Avati's filmography, he wasn't always kind of dealing with horror stuff. He kind of did a little bit of everything. Yeah. So this is, in, this is for me, this is closer to Spider Labyrinth than it is mm. to Deep Red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, David Fincher. Although Spider a, Labyrinth is another one that you kind of, yeah. you know, it could kind of go <laughs> either way. Well, it's kind of like Fincher's suspense movies. You know, they can, they border on horror. But they're yeah, not really yeah. horror, right? You know, so you know it, it attracts a certain element or whatever. It's just, I'm not. Well, I mean, I, I guess there are some similarities between Poopy Avati and David Fincher. I didn't think I'd make that similarity. Those, those those tie together today, but I guess there's some similarities in some of their work. I mean, not not, not visually, but certainly with the way it's playing with things here and stuff. There's some things that reminded me of the game a little bit, and some other stuff that Fincher does. So, um. But it was a nice visit, and yeah, there's a lot of large spoons, man. Uh, I kept thinking to myself, you know, what is going on with all these large spoons? You know, you got, uh, you know, and then you think to yourself, you know, these remote towns, where do people even get spoons? You know, and well, you just carve them out of a tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, the large wooden spoon—that's a very Italian thing, and I get that. And then, oh you know, yeah, paletta, you know, man. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 there's some Italian folk who believe you only use a wooden spoon. Uh, you know, I know to serve <laughs> things and taste sauces yeah. and things like that i mean i know that's a that's a cultural thing you know but you know get out of here with eating with the large spoons get out of here <laughs> it's yeah it's it's not it's, my bag either man repulsive you know you slob. yeah it is Let, let's call a spade a spade it come is on. repulsive todd even you won't eat scrapple with a large spoon come on i would though <laughs> Ooh, that that scrapple love you gotta no get it all, you gotta get, you gotta get as much of that love. bush in your mouth as you can in one uh, bite ooh. oh yeah Ugh. Yeah, that's what she nice said. Bushy, gushy, and a little crispy on the outside. Oh uh, yeah. Now mm. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's some of that, and then there's this this kind of undertone of I kind of talked about it a little bit, but there's this undertone throughout the movie of this, I guess you could say, the religious iconography with the sexual deviancy. It's kind of really the kind of baseline of what's going on. There's obviously painting involved, but the painting is very sexual as well, or at least it, it, it tries to be. It's very sensual, no doubt, but there is some, with the guy speaking on the tape recorder about the colors and stuff and everything else, think, like Will said, it sounds like he had one finger on the record button, the other hand doing something else. Uh, kind of similar to the way I'm podcasting right now. The yeah. The, you know, there's this kind of creepy tone to it and kind of this... You know, that deviancy is kind of under the surface at all times. It almost feels like backwoods deviancy in some way. You know, you're in this remote area. Uh, maybe somebody wasn't taught the right things sexually. Uh, <laughs> maybe they got involved in some things. Uh, which reminds me of a story I ought to tell you guys off the air sometime. Not, <laughs> not involving me, okay? so. <laughs> oh. But it does involve some goats. Oh, um, man, that's how it's standing. Where's the zipper sound effect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Where is that zipper sound effect? Um, <laughs> but that's really all I got. I really enjoy the movie. I think it looks good. It looks still looks good after all these years. Um, and it still plays pretty well, but it might be a little boring for some. I think it might be, if you're expecting uh, sort of the kind of uh, pacing of a Gialli, uh you might be disappointed. In some ways, it's not a long movie, but it does have some slow bits that I think some people might like. Some character basing type stuff I don't think some people would be into too much. I think that you have to be ready, prepared 
to sit there for just shy of two hours and not be distracted, not be on your phone. You have to allow the film to wash over you because if you don't, yeah. you're not going to be lulled in to get the, the full effect of what Avadi's going for here. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. If you, Yeah, if this is this is one of those things where you really do have to- Don't fold laundry, yeah, yeah, yeah. surf uh, Instagram. Because no. part of the, yeah, because part of the, uh, a large part of the uh, the appeal is just in the, uh, the development of this, you know, that creeping dread mood, like we were saying. So. Well, yeah, that and you'll get, if you do do any of those things, you'll get to the end and you'll be as confused used as well, our, that's the other thing yeah is you won't get as our lead you won't know is exactly what the hell's going on yeah as our lead is our lead you know that look he gives at the end of the film it's like ah! you know <laughs> that's it and i gotta say without giving anything away there's a small thing at the end with a, a hand touching a tree do you think that was on purpose i would yeah i do think it was on purpose and mm-hmm. i'm not sure what to make of it a hundred percent. I'm not sure either. So I, it's just, it, it's, but the, the thing that I like about it is, is it's just this wonderful little, what the fuck else is going on here? Yeah. 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 Uh, like just, mm-hmm. it's just like a, it's just like a little, yeah. like it's like a spot of blood on a, on a perfect pair of shoes. Right. Yeah. 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 Or like a spot of blood on them. Big granny panties, evidently. Sammy, man, we're cut from the same cloth. I was going to drop that line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring, bring it back to that. But, uh, Todd, you got anything else you want to add before we uh, rate and uh, talk? Not that I can think of, no. No? Yeah. No, no, we're good. All right. Large William, MVTs, make or breaks. What you got? Make or breaks the opening. Uh, like I said, that, that monologue, the colors, uh, the run, uh, uh, it's very intense. <laughs> And it's very sexual. And Braden was in the room with me at the time, and I'm very uncomfortable. Like, and it, it's just, it, and it works perfectly because even though he's not really saying anything overly inappropriate, you read between the lines and you hear the tone in which he's saying it, and it it immerses you in this uncomfortable, uncertain headspace, which is really what the film's about for Stefano, our lead in the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So to me, that really it, it it doesn't grab you by the collar. It more is like a slow motion kind of grab, and it has a firm grip, and it starts whispering in your ear, and does not move away from your ear. Yeah. With that hot breath and whisper, <laughs> that tripe scented breath. Yeah. And, that ox tongue you know, breath. That, that ox tongue. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said hot breath, yeah. I thought of I thought of ox tongue immediately. Oh man. <laughs> Nice. Amazing. <laughs> nice. She. Okay. So, yeah, the opening is really strong. MVT, I got to go with Avadi. I, I, using the Sammy logic, I, I don't know how often we're going to get to cover his films and give him the kudos he deserves. He is a filmmaker that I wish had more films in his filmography that people really had a chance to see. I'd love to check out this new one. Uh, it sounds good and it's got reasonable reviews. Uh, good on him at his age, you know, making stuff still. My score for the film is an 8.25 out of 10. High, high recommend from me. Nice. A great pick, Todd. I'm glad we had a chance to revisit this because um, it's a tremendous piece of work. Nice. Cool, cool. Nice, yeah, nice. glad. Yeah, uh, my MVT is also going to be Avati because I, I'm not super familiar with a lot of his other work. So uh that's either a good or a bad thing you know it just depends i haven't seen enough of it to make that judgment but i've always meant to he's one of those film film, filmmakers that you always kind of i think anybody that loves movies talks about that how he kind of wish he would check out more stuff from this guy and you know maybe this was a one-off uh as far as 
what I what I like from a director, and maybe this is all I know, but I mean, I really like what he did here. Uh, my make or break is also it's the opening, but it's actually after the the breathy stuff. It's kind of like the the stranger comes to town moments. Mm-hmm. I like the way the story's set up. I like the way it, it just kind of eases you into the story. Um, but man, uh, I, it was a shrill the, between that and a real strong contender for the uh, the the makeshift studio scene, which I really enjoyed the pacing of that quite a bit. Very the way the camera moves and everything else is very Hitchcocky and very De Palma esque uh, stuff, which may be the reason why I was checking out some De Palma this weekend. So. Nice. Um, yeah, and my score is just a little bit below Will's. It's an eight. I mean, this is a really good, solid uh, murder mystery kind of... Uh, I don't know what else is kind of going on. I can't really say much else, but uh, it's 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 a nice little mystery uh, that's well-made, well-shot, and it's just different enough that it kind of draws your attention. And uh, I think for that reason, it, it kind of stands out in its genre. So, yeah, eight. Nice. Uh, well, I'm fairly well in lockstep with you guys on most of this. Uh, I agree. I'm with uh, Will that the uh, the opening, the credits, uh, is the uh, the make or break because between the sepia tone, just bizarre uh, close ups of his sweaty body getting stabbed and bloody and everything else, and that mm-hmm. that really odd droning uh, monologue of the uh, from the artist, uh, it really lets you know that you're in for something that's uh that's unsettling uh and is uh is going to develop that way um mbt yeah it's vadi um he does a masterful job i think uh just kind of weaving this thing together keeping it all uh keeping it all going and uh you know paying off like it does uh in a fantastic uh, fantastic finale and score is a little bit lower than both of you guys. I'm a seven point seven five out of ten, oh, so I'm still with it. I'm still within that half a point. A half point, man. I'm still in that half point zone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, this is uh, this is a, a great movie. Highly recommend to uh, to anybody um, who's you know even just a, a horror fan. Um, you know, outside of, uh, of of the the Italian aspects of it. Um, so yeah, good, good, good stuff. Yep. Yep. All right, so that is our thoughts on the house with laughing windows, not the house with the clock behind the walls. Which one of my <laughs> notes was, I wonder if Eli was nodding to this film with that. I don't know. I don't know. That's possible. Maybe a big shallow or Italo horror fan. Maybe. I, I think, uh, that's a book uh, series. I think it's a teen. I can see that between a, this, the house on the beach. Is that a book? I think it's a young adult book series. I might book? be wrong. Oh, I might okay. Be wrong. Well, well, then my bad. Is I didn't it? know that. Yeah. Look at me making up fucking yeah. tinfoil helmet theories. Well, no, as no, no, no. It, it's, <laughs> it's a direct tie, and I would not doubt for one second that uh, uh, Eli does uh, that. He enjoys the house with laughing windows. I would not doubt for one second that he, he enjoys should. It. Yes. Oh yeah. All right, we are going to take a short break, and we'll come back and discuss uh, Desert Snow from 1989. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. Games 
Anytime we can work snow into the show for Todd, we will. <laughs> hey, our film's desert snow. It's topical, man. It works. Yeah. True. <laughs> I cannot argue that. You can't argue, yeah. 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 Todd's got his silk shirt on and his round sunglasses now, man. <laughs> yeah, right. I got my Corey fucking Nemec look going on. That, uh, yeah, nice. that Mandarin collar going on there. Yeah. Mandarin collar. Oh. <laughs> she, that's the thunder right the there, man. The fucking worst. Mandarin. They've come back. They've been back for a few years now. Oh, yeah. thank God. I have not jumped in, man. I can't. Don't. That, Don't be that guy. I can't. And as much as I consider myself fresh, I can't. I can't. Why hear footsteps? Oh, there we go. Yep. <laughs> the footsteps. Kool-Aid. You got two Kool-Aid men coming in soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So our first film is Desert Snow. It's only got three user reviews on IMDb, and it has no plot synopsis. Uh, uh, <laughs> it says on the box art there uh, is probably presented by lunch meat. Um, don't know what that means. Uh, I think that's a, a film like a, a theater in Brooklyn. They uh, do a lot of kind of weird films. They'll, yeah. they'll air in like a theater there. Yeah. But to kind of give you the basic plot synopsis, what we have here is uh, some drug smuggling, uh, the mafia, and um, cartel. Yeah, the cartel and uh, maybe uh, some Native American, some questionable Native American behavior and acting, and also some uh, uh, some Canadian tuxedo cowboy hero. As a, oh yeah, uh, oh god, yeah, we <laughs> so, sure do. Yeah, the box art is awesome because it says drugs, death, blood, or drugs, blood, death, sex, and it it pretty much covers all those bases. It's like a it's like a check mark type thing. It's like a you know tick box. You can tick the boxes on this thing. So uh, I don't know. I, I I don't mind leading on this one. I have quite a few notes, <laughs> uh, quite a bit to talk about here. This one's uh, kind of fun. It stars uh, Paul Bouvet uh, as Rod Plaster, but that's not really the star of the movie. That's just one of the agents. But I think he got top billing because he's actually been in a couple of uh, John Paul Ben Bomundo films, um, which is weird. Uh, talk about a weird coincidence. Um, but the main star of the movie is uh, Steve Labatt. Am I right? Yes. Which, when I saw that name, I I knew that Will must be cringing. <laughs> Steve, Steve Labatt. Uh, and then uh, there's a couple other uh, ladies that star in the film. I guess Deborah is the other main star, Carolyn Jacobs. But the one that kind of makes the most impact in the movie is um, uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Miles, Miles, who plays uh, Tanya Montoya. Is oh yeah, kind of this uh, sex pot, uh, psychopath, uh, drug kingpin's girlfriend. But she makes the most of her screen time. She really does. Uh-huh. She goes for it. Yep. And that's really the kind of definition of this movie is that it goes for it. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's a low budget regional action film, and it's it's like we got one shot at this. Let's just go ahead and throw everything at the wall and see what happens. And 
it works for that reason. Um, there's not much of a story here, and there's not much character development outside of uh, some little eccentricities that some of the characters have, such as uh, the Tanya Montoya character who loves to taste blood. Yeah, uh, she loves to fillet guns. Yeah, and fillet and guns. And she likes to have sex with stuffed animals. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and she or likes, masturbate with them. She likes Whatever. to be nude a lot, and she is nude yeah, a lot yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's kind of interesting because she kind of brings some life to the movie uh, when some of the actors don't. But the, for, for all intents and purposes, though, the actors, you know, they're kind of at the mercy of the director and the story here. And for that reason, they do okay. The Steve Labatt guy. They quit themselves well, all things considered. Yeah, the lead, uh, one of the IMDb guys says, uh, you know, Alan Jackson shows up and starts kicking ass, which it is. <laughs> it does kind of look like Alan Jackson a little bit, the country singer. <laughs> it does have that vibe, but he's got his Canadian tuxedo, his cowboy hat, and he, he he's, he's, a, he's fine in the movie. He's just, he's, he just lacks that, like, one level of charisma up that, that's needed to be like, you know, to make him like a kind of one-and-done classic action star. Do you know who he reminded me of? Who? Joey Silvera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, but he, In more ways than one. He, but he, he's fun, uh, but that's just it. I don't think he's great. The kind of the energy in the movie kind of comes from the mafioso characters. Uh, the one mafioso guy, he laughs all the time. And then the, yeah. the kind of Mexican cartel drug kingpin guy. Who reminds me of that uh, African American actor from Barney Miller, in some? Oh way. yeah, uh, Ron Glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ron Glass. Yeah, from yeah, Serenity yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, from Firefly and Serenity as well. Mm-hmm. That's right, Ron Glass. I forgot his name. That's his, yeah. Nice. Um, but the movie's kind of fun. So it starts out. Um, <clears throat> first of all, those title credits. You know, you know right away you're in for some low, high budget stuff. With yeah. the way those, those, those title credits come together like an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. Uh, Amazing, and then you get this white van. Obviously, the cliche of the white van bringing immigrants across yep. the border. Uh, we got a drive driver that gets out, and and I knew from this point on that I was in for something. I didn't know, I know what, exactly yet. what you're. Gonna... Yeah, I knew, but okay. I knew I was into something because the guy proceeds to piss on the ground while he's drinking. Yep, and then yep. the first character that gets out of the van. Proceeds yep. to get on the ground, pick up the dirt that he just pissed on, and wiped it all over his face. Yeah. <laughs> so right away, I'm like, okay, if it keeps this angle, we might have something here. And it kind of does every now and again. I yeah. Think, yeah. You know, it's 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 uh it's weird uh, because it the, it's it's an it's almost like an interesting setup, you know. Um. But at the same time, it just kind of it just kind of. Um, meanders along right well it, I mean, the, there's no there's no real there's all the characters they clearly they have no real plot to follow and they're trying to pad this thing out to 88 minutes so you, you get stuff like um there's the bizarre uh the tranny pool scene uh you get a, a lot of scenes of the protagonist <laughs> just hanging out yeah uh you get a lot of scenes of the antagonist just hanging out and beating each other up or killing each other yeah, yeah. you get the weird mom daughter melodrama thing and the the repeated visits like the characters keep going back to this crime scene for like no discernible reason, just so they could look at like the bodies laying all over the place. Yeah, well, it's it's got these little weird comedy moments that it does. Yeah, it almost feel like it, what it feels like is it feels like it was communal filmmaking. It feels like everybody at that point is bought in, and they're like, okay, yeah. we're making this kind of ludicrous action movie. Um, yeah. We're going to go full tilt with the gore, at least as far as we can go. 
uh, because there is some, uh, you know, some uh, vivisection type scenes. There's some uh, gutting of uh, uh, human beings here. Um, fingers. It's and, pretty gory for like a yeah. regional action film. Yeah, it really right? is. Yeah, it's, so it feels like somebody had a little bit of special effects knowledge, so they kind of used that yeah. to their advantage, and and they kind of had to have fun with it. And then as it kind of went along, it kind of got you know a little bit more ludicrous in some ways. And I'll, I'll there's one line in here that is really ridiculous that I'll mention a little bit when I get to it. But so we get that scene in the beginning, rubbing the dirt, the ner- <laughs> rubbing the dirt on your face, and. At that point, I'm like, okay, what kind of movie do we have here? And it is very cliche. There is a very interesting scene shot through a dollhouse, which yeah, is, yeah, oh yeah. my god, it's, <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's just, that thing is just dropped on you. And how about the the, the guy's granddaughter? Looks like she's about thirty, playing well, thirteen. Uh, dude, uh, honestly, the, you, you, like that's the thing. It's almost like the the '70s porn school of casting, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, we'll put pigtails yeah, yeah. on her, and she's gonna look twenty years younger. Yeah, uh-huh. no, not really. No, nah, doesn't work. She's thirty, clearly. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, oh, grand. I know she says no, no, or, or grandpa, or papa, but she's got a fucking doll. She's meant to be like ten years old. Yeah. It's yes. ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous in the best possible way. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it's and it's a movie of its time as well. The the grandfather character is very much a. Well, he looks like we. What he looks like is he looks like Jerry Stiller. He looks like Ben Dude, Stiller's another dad. Another note of mine. <laughs> Total Jerry Stiller. He looks like Jerry Stiller, and uh, it's kind of playing with uh, racial kind of you know slurs and things like that. So that's all there. Oh, this this movie's not PC at all. No, 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 no. But it's no, got, it's 1989, you and you know you're bad mouthing Native Americans and Mexicans and. And uh, oh, yeah. Italians, and the Italians are shitheads in it. Yeah, everyone's yeah. gross in it. Well, like, how about like that? The the in the beginning, the the Native American guy who really doesn't want to put down the six pack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless it's in some jerk's face, right? Yeah, he's doing I mean, this. Totally have not a beer. The, yeah. yeah, right. Have a beer. It, totally not reinforcing the drunk engine stereotype there. Yeah, it's the. Yeah, yeah I mean, and really, that's that's kind of really. Maybe I should have known what I was in for right from there because. That's oh, really the yeah. opening of the movie. You get this Indian, uh, looks like a shaman of some sort, kind of doing some meditative type thing up on the mountainside. And then when he's doing that, yeah, he cracks open. He dropped, uh, yeah, he, he got that banquet beer out. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, he, I, I should have known right then and there, but I didn't. It took me the peeing on the mud and then the mud wiping on the Mexican immigrant's face for me to think, okay, okay, I know what I might be in for here. And again, it does stick to that. Like I said, the shooting to the dollhouse, Camera-wise, it's very busy, and it makes no sense. Maybe it's there to hide the makeup on the Jerry Stiller-looking character a little Maybe. bit. But it, it ends it ends up with some really odd angles and stuff. And so now I'm thinking, okay, Paul DeGruccio is going for something here. He's, he's trying yep. to do something. He's probably going to fail, but he's going to give it his all. And He's, he's going to fucking it. try. He's going to go down swinging. Yeah, and so this, yeah. Is where, this is when I started to realize what we've gotten into – is we've gotten into that regional vanity project thing that we get into every now and then. I didn't know that going in. I knew this was low budget, and I knew none of the actors and all that good stuff. But and the only reason why I, I quoted that one name as being in John Paul Belmondo film is because I was wondering why the Rod Plaster character was top build, And I was like, man, why is that uh-huh. guy top build? Because he's one of the agents. And he got a great name, Rod Plaster. That's a great name, but... Uh, I didn't know why Paul Bouveau was top build, and then I went to look through his filmography, and he's done some stuff in Europe and stuff. So I think he probably agreed to get top billing in the thing, uh, which is weird. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we get into this world that we've often talked about. This world that we have a, or at least Will and I. I don't always know about Todd, but uh, Will and I have this general affection for, which is these, not necessarily one off, but these 
low budget um, uh, vanity projects that oh, some God, yes. director or actor who thinks they're good looking or has some extra money laying around looks at an investment to kind of make a movie with. And that's what you got here. What you got here is to get this low budget, uh, a coming together of people who probably knew special effects and had a little bit of cash, and they had a couple of locations, and they, they make this movie. And it's very simple. Uh, it's unbelievable that it was 1989, because that seems like a long time ago, but it's not that long ago. But it kind of works in a weird way, and I think the reason why it works for me is that it it kind of wears its... Um, it's kind of earnest, earnest, earnestness on its sleeve a little bit. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's going for this thing, and at some point, I think they realized that they had to throw some entertainment in there. And I think everybody kind of got together and said, "Hey, you know, make a joke here, or do this, or hey, stick your fingers in this guy's abdomen, or do something," because otherwise, we're just going to have a pretty straight up boring uh, action movie, um, mm-hmm. which is what it really would be if it wasn't for these little scenes, because uh, the story is very basic. And uh, nothing really stands out except for the acting and some of the weird scenes that are in the movie. Um, I've never, ha- I think that's the first I've ever seen a mob meeting through a dollhouse. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, we do, I have seen gun fellatio before, so that's not new. But uh, it is, it is a rare thing. And it's, you yeah. know, I'm glad. It's, un- it's an awkward thing, too. Like it's it never, an awkward thing. It never, it, for me, the, that is the least sexy moment for that character. There's a mm-hmm. lot more. That I like yes. with her, but that for me is the most awkward moment for her character, and that's saying something because she gets put in some. But that's very the match awkward... getting lit for her. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that that's the that's saying something because she has a, a a lot of moments that could be seen as awkward. Oh, but, oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, including some cactus spine spikes. Uh, uh-huh. that, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's neat. well, that's something else. But uh, that moment is the only moment where I really felt like her character really felt awkward. Uh, there was one moment where she was sitting on somebody's foot, and I thought, man, we're really going to go full tilt awkwardness here. Uh, oh, yeah. And I thought that's what was going to go down, and then they kind of chimed in and interrupted it, and I was kind of disappointed. The Angel character, the Ron Glass-looking individual, um, he's kind of fun. He's got some energy. Uh, he's got some anger. He doesn't like... I like uh, him. Yeah, he doesn't like homeboy salsa very much. Dude, no. <laughs> that, that salsa oh. torture scene. Yeah, he doesn't mm-hmm. like the salsa. When when I watched it too, I was sitting there thinking. So I had to rewind that because I was like, okay, that's they're dipping him in a bowl of salsa, but are they dipping him in blood? Uh, because I could have swore not two minutes ago they were talking about how bad the salsa was. Yeah, I was like, are we really torturing guys with salsa at this point? We are and you know, which in itself is almost like a racial slur. And yeah. it's, you know, you're, 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 you had a Mexican guy hanging upside down, you're dipping him in salsa. Come on. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and it's it's like what the hell's going on here? And and then that is kind of the comedy of this movie. Uh, there's a scene where Angel's a, you know he's a pretty good detective because he can figure out where the bloody clothes are being hid in a toilet tank. Anybody that figures out the toilet tank trick is pretty crafty, in my opinion. But in defense to the to him or in his offense, I guess you should say. I mean, he flushes the toilet and it's all blood. I mean, you got to look in there at that point, right? I mean, you got to yeah. You got to check it out, but that, it look it kind of looked like the salsa. <laughs> that looked that was the filthiest toilet tank in the history of cinema. That was a pretty filthy. Toilet tank. <laughs> Even pre him tinkering with it, it was disgusting. The toilet tank should never be that fucking dirty. <clears throat> it's pretty nasty. I got a feeling that you know Gross. somebody left an upper decker in there. 
They did, no. man. They told. Why would you shit in the tank, man? <laughs> yeah, so, but, <laughs> that's just. Well, that's, see, that's never going anywhere, man. Yeah, that's a that's a cruel trick that I've heard of. That's that why I call the it the upper decker. Idea. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a cruel trick for whatever Good plumber Lord. for whatever plumber comes along and has to fix that, or the person that whoever has to clean out the upper decker. Uh, I feel so sorry for that person. Oh man, because you're gonna have a. You know, a baby Ruth in there for a couple weeks probably before it starts to reek. So you got that aged fine wine, baby Ruth. That water is going to be so brown. It's oh. just going to just, yeah. It's terrible. It's going to look like that tank. I mean, yeah. someone did probably take a shit in that tank for yeah. real. Yeah. It's like the old wrestling uh, rib that they used to do in behind the scenes of wrestling where people used to take dumps in people's shoes. I used to think to myself, oh. that's a terrible joke. And I laugh at it, but that is a terrible joke. But who is the guy that takes crap into the shoe? You know? How, how close do you, you have did. to watch that? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a terrible thing to do to somebody, man. It's just, uh, it is. I don't want to kill somebody if they did that to me. I would, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, we get kind of back into what we're talking about here. There seems to be this kind of general awareness in this movie that they knew they were making a straight, bare-bones action movie. So now they're going to throw in every little kind of weird, almost, almost fetish or almost just comical thing they can think of on the fly. And that's what it starts to feel like. Uh, the transvestite scene you were talking about, Todd, of course, that involves my, my pool logic, Sammy's pool logic, which yes. is, you know, whenever <laughs> there's a pool around. I mean, I knew somebody was going in the pool. I thought it was going to be the other character that was hitting on the transvestite. I didn't think it was going to be the transvestite uh, <laughs> character, uh, which is, you know, that's one of the least convincing uh, males dressed in a female costume I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, that would be a tough one to fall for. <laughs> yeah, that's real tough. Um, there's that. And then there's this one line in the movie that really kind of sums it up for me. Uh, and and there's a lot of crazy lines in the movie, crazy acting. Uh, there's a great scene where somebody wakes up and it's like it's one of those it's one of those waking up scenes where you're like, man, you should really should have reshot that because it's really bad. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's great and that they kept it in there. Um, but there's a scene where the angel character throws uh, a character into the trunk, and he says, "Suck my spare." <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, "Yeah, they totally knew what they were doing. They they totally yes. knew what they're doing because nobody says suck my spare. Nobody, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I've never heard that. I've heard it here and there. It's a oh, Todd runs in different circles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Todd's hanging out on the border down there with Jack Nicholson and Harvey Cattell. He, he, yeah, uh, <laughs> suck my spare is obviously a pretty popular uh, insult. We throw that one around like crazy. Yeah. Oh man. But but suck I but I had spare. a lot of fun with this. Uh, the driving is terrible. The, the stunt driving is pretty bad. Uh, some of the stunts, even though they are bad, they're pretty well done. I, th- I think some of the stunt work is actually not bad at all. Yeah, I think um, it's well done. It's, all, it's okay, you know. It's some the okay driving, homegrown stunt work. Yeah, the driving is a little rough, just for me. I mean, it's it's Gator level well, yeah. driving. Well, yeah, but that I mean, the, the, the only the only the only scene where I think you really, or at least I really noticed that was in the scene where uh, the sheriff is trying to run everybody down because he makes like no fucking pretense that he's out to kill these guys. Yeah, um, but he's just kind of like tooling around uh gunning it and, and kind of you know hitting everything but uh what he's supposed to be hitting. yeah yeah exactly that's that was game. the only time that it really stood out to me like the the, <laughs> the driving is being particularly bad but other than that i think by and large uh the stunt work is uh is not not bad well uh, it, for some for people who had like you know a dollar fifty in a video camera yeah yeah no it's it's a juicy movie it's got uh good squib work 
for what it is. Uh, you know, it's the blood impacts. Uh, the you know those kind of impact shots are well done. Uh, yeah. The bad guy is both a uh, a scumbag and a charismatic scumbag. Yes, I, I think Angel is the 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 mafia guy is a little bit more ridiculous, but Angel oh, is is interesting. Uh, even if he does sometimes dress like um, you know a dad in those in that era, he, he was like the older angry brother of Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they needed a three. Amigo, he's great. Yeah, needed a three amigo movie with him, Ron Glass, and Ray Parker Jr. in it. That's what we needed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's he is fun in the movie. Uh, there's a lot of I didn't quote a lot of the dialogue. But there's a lot of ridiculous lines in this movie, um, and I can't you know. You guys may have quoted some of it, but I didn't. I didn't write any of it down. I just know that I watched this thing, ninety minutes, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much I was entertained, and how much I kind of chuckled at the ridiculousness of it. Uh, it's not a good movie as far as story goes because there's nothing new here, but as far as that uniqueness that kind of comes around with the regional uh, kind of vanity project type things. It is unique. It kind of stands out. It's not, it's not like next level, like Pantheon type stuff, but no. it is a lot of fun. And I was never bored, really. I mean, there was a few moments where it kind of meandered about, and I thought it was kind of slow and everything. Uh, There's some weird. I don't know why they're camping when they have a cabin. Him and the Indian guy. They're yeah. just camping on the dirt. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if one of them's spitting his hand or I don't, I don't know get, what was going on, yeah, man. Didn't know if we were going. And they didn't want anyone around. They wanted total privacy. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a there's a picture of Steve Labatt on IMDb. There, it doesn't look like him, but that's him. He's at an event for Desert Snow. It says. <laughs> oh, somebody. Well, well, somebody still likes this movie out there, but uh, yeah. What is, he, what is he playing in his living room? Yeah, yeah, no, that's the event. It's very, exactly. it's very weird. It's very weird. The screening it doesn't look like him at all. Though. Yeah, mom, are gonna watch the movie. Yeah, <laughs> if you look at that IMDb photo, it doesn't really look like him. But maybe it is him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they got this nice cabin. I mean, I don't know why they'd be camping other than to run into the two, the mother and daughter character. And that relationship, if there's one character in the movie I can't stand, it's the daughter character. She is so obnoxious. Big time. She, but yeah, she's really like when she, man, she gets into everything too. Well, her, her and, you know, yeah, d Jackie's a little cunt. Uh, <laughs> let's just be blunt about that. But yeah. I mean, it's it basically their, their little camping trip is just two valley girls out in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. and it's the mother obnoxious. and daughter. Yeah. And uh, and the thing is that, you know, then the mother keeps coming back around and just blatantly fucking everything up mm -hmm. uh, to the point that you just want to. I mean, you, you kind of can understand why somebody would want to maybe not have her around, let's say, because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, especially towards the end. Uh, yeah. Well, I can I can give this movie a half a point just before the cruelty of the end of this movie that I was surprised by. Oh, it's it, it, the, the dude. That's the, one of the things that I love is that this thing is absolutely bloodthirsty, it's nasty. And, and everyone's a target. Yeah. The only problem nice. is the only the only real problem with that is that you don't really give a shit if somebody bites it or not. <laughs> no, you almost, uh, you almost kind of want it in the one but, character. But the, yeah, but the beauty of it is that like everybody is up for grabs. Yeah, and there's like this weird, like almost like Stallone esque uh, pit fighting scene at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, won't get into, I won't get into too much detail on, but it was almost like this added surprise for me. Of, mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to go this far. And uh, yeah. and it has yeah. this kind of nice kind of relapsed moment of, uh, not prolapsed, but relapsed moment of, uh, 
of uh, of a character returning, which I won't give away as well, which was kind of a nice surprise. So it kind of it, it's interesting because it it has like all these kind of nice little moments, but it's done by amateurs, and 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 I think that for me, there's something kind of heartwarming about that. There's something kind of uh, you know, it was heartwarming as this movie can be, but as a film lover, it's kind of nice that this thing kind of pays homage to things without being overt. Does that make sense? It, yeah. It kind of yeah. just... It's its own beast. Yeah, it's its own, its own creation. Uh, nothing original, really, but no. it kind of has this nice uh, way it plays with the plot and plays with characters and stuff and these comedic moments that make kind of no sense, and it kind of works. And... Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I got to be forthright with you guys. I enjoyed it. I mean, I I, I did not expect to love it, um, but I, I I'm I mean I'm damn close to loving it. I mean, would I recommend? I would watch this. Yes, this would be one that I would watch with people over. Like you guys got to see this. I mean, I mean, you know, this is and of course I'd never seen it. I'd never heard of it, um, and I'd been off Facebook for quite a ways uh, while, and and some people had talked about how they had watched it a few years ago. Uh, I see why this thing's a cult item now, and it's not a big cult item because there's only two or three of us that have watched it on Letterbox, and it's kind of has the VHS actually. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah, and that's crazy. And he showed that picture, and I was like, "Wow," you know, because this is this is this is the definition of underseen, uh, probably. Oh, yeah. and I'm actually surprised somebody hasn't kind of grabbed it up at this point uh, and kind of put it out because it it has all of the. Like it says on the box, it has the drugs, the blood, the death, the sex. It has all the little things that make it a cult movie. The exploitable elements. But but it has this regional thing to it that <clears> makes it <throat> unique, uh, similar to some of the other films we've talked about in the past and some that we've covered. So I'll kick it over to one of you guys if you guys want to kind of jump in here. Todd, do you want to go? Yeah, uh, not really a hell of a lot left to to get into with it, but i got a couple things here. Um I love it when uh, you call me Big Papa. Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> uh, uh, I love it when the uh, when Tanya bites into the bag of coke that she just pulled out of a dead guy's stomach. <laughs> um, and you know, I I actually kind of like that uh, that she's she's way off and more than a little psychotic, uh, and she really is kind of for me. She is the 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 center on which this whole thing pivots. Um, to be perfectly honest, yeah, uh, she kind of reminds me of the Claire character from uh, Quinn and Vigil's uh, Faust comic. Mm. Um, so I like that that she's just she's just really she's a untrustworthy and b just fucking off her rocker um, in more ways than one. So I dug that. Um, they uh, <laughs> I found it funny that uh, you know they they come upon all this cocaine in the in the balloons and rather than keep it in the balloons they dump it all out, all out on their uh, on their table mm. um, yeah. which doesn't really make a whole hell of a lot of sense um, there's <laughs> there's the the uh, the scene where the the uh, guy gets his hands nailed to a table <laughs> uh, which is absolutely fucking sublime yes uh, especially considering what he does uh, once his hands are nailed to the table, <laughs> it's awesome. which I won't give away because yeah. you really have to see it to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know, but the what the fuck is up with the uh, the actual quote unquote desert snow scene? Yeah, uh, because that's a weird first one. of all, <laughs> first of all, uh, they'd be inhaling all that coke, right? I guess that's, uh, that he's swinging around because uh, oh, it's out man. in the air there, so it's it's going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and second, you know, these two 
seem pretty laid back and happy despite the circumstances they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just. And then <laughs> what's funny just... is then immediately, like immediately after this scene, uh, the Collins character is flinging manure at Debbie, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, not not especially unjustly. Yeah, I mean, he's literally flinging shit at her. Yeah. Yep. Um, he also has uh, a he has a bag of shit in the car, and she don't doesn't smell that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. yeah, that's the other thing is like nobody smells this fucking bag every time it gets out, flung out at the... somebody. I've been around hot Southwest. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah been, right? I've been around some of them road apples, man. They don't smell great. <clears throat> no, they don't. You, they are distinctive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Debbie gets uh, gets shit flung at her, and not unjustly, um, because yeah, she just she fucks up everything. Uh, there's a person who gets a literal face full of shit. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. face full of salsa, face full of shit. Yeah, you got it all. Um, and then it's it's such a bizarre finale uh, because nobody really quite gets what they want. Uh, and then after the finale, then there's that other finale uh, that uh, Sammy was kind <clears> of <throat> talking about there where things get really fucking weird. Uh, and then the whole movie just kind of ends like a lark. Yeah. Uh, and it's got like kind of the, the Mexican mariachi music playing over the, uh, the end credits, if I'm remembering right. Um, <laughs> Well, there's terrible sound effects during that last kind of standoff too. There's these oh, big time. These same like uh, there's supposed to be a cockfight going on. Oh, and, there is though. Uh, they, yeah, and then uh, you can hear this like repeated soundtrack of people going hey oh hey, <laughs> and it just keeps going, and it, it it almost becomes like this hypnotic thing of what is going on, and it's very bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately this thing is just, it's, it's such a free for all mess. Um, but I think that that's, you know, what gives it its charm, right? Uh, there's, there's quite a few unexpected things in here, um, which I appreciate. And while they make no sense, they're, uh, they're satisfying for their sort of out of left fieldness, uh, I guess you could say I'm making that word up, but Hey, um, I, I almost feel like, you know, I could recommend this people, this two people uh just for that aspect of it though i can't really say that it's you know entertaining per se um and unlike you guys yeah I, this is this is not something th- i i don't really particularly uh go seeking out this sort of thing um <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate it when it's there uh for what it is or i try to appreciate it as much as i can uh for you know what it is because yeah it's uh it's hard enough uh, getting movies made. So when they actually get it made, uh, even when they're, you know, a hot puddle, uh, as this is, um, a lot of times you can find something to, uh, to actually, um, get engaged with, with it. And, and, and this definitely has that. I mean, there's, there's certainly moments of this thing that you will remember, uh, whether for good reasons or bad, uh, is entirely, you know, within, uh, Within the person's particular perspective, mm-hmm. um, but overall, I I kind of I, I kind of dug it. Uh, do I need to see it again? Eh, maybe not. But uh, at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I uh, that I caught it uh, and that it got made at all. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, there's there's some really fucking odd shit going on in here. <laughs> there is. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's all that I got on this thing. Nice. Very nice. So, full disclosure, I had intended to try to find something. I almost feel like a like a, an NBA scout. I'm over in Europe, <laughs> trying to find something, trying to get, trying to find that diamond in the rough. Right? <laughs> Everyone's on the path. Everyone's scouting stuff out. It's hard to to find one that 
you know, uh, over time hasn't been dropped or people aren't talking about too right, much. And, right. and uh, yeah, I'd heard about this. I kind of sat on it for, oh, shit, desert snow. So here we are. Um, it is interesting, as you guys said, it's a regional action film. I think what separates this from a lot of other re- clumsy regional action films that are well-intentioned is that the competency with which this film is executed far outweighs films of a similar budget. Mm. Like it, It's surprising to me that Gershaw never did anything else because I feel like the editing, it doesn't have that that really clumsy charm that more inept films have. Yeah. It's charming. It's charming, but it's, it's competent as well as as competent as one can expect from. Yeah. They, they steer clear of the, uh, the vanity, uh, death. Well, well, it can be a death kneel, but it can also be appealing depending, but they steer clear Mm -hmm. of like our lead knowing any Kung Fu or anything. That's right. They, it's almost all gunplay and, uh, cowboy tricks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, for sure. Uh, so I just, that, that was the thing. One of the big takeaways is I went in wanting clumsy and charming. Instead, I got competent and charming in spite of the budget and, and experience of those involved. Um, how about, yeah, the shaman, there's some great lines in this film. Like I said, the, the shaman says, have a beer and he smashes a beer can <laughs> on a dude's head. Now that guy was not down for the count for that long. That that's a rookie move, dropping someone and then <laughs> yeah. turning your back on them. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, that is a rookie I, move. I, I got to say too, I feel like Cormac McCarthy saw this, and this let's 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 <laughs> revise history. This was the inspiration for him to write No Country for Old Men. <laughs> yeah, that's, I let's be real. That. That, that I would, would believe that. That would that's be fucking real talk. <laughs> that, that, that's a hot take. I, well, Certainly, I would, the Coen <laughs> brothers have seen this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Heavy, uh, heavy, heavy influence. Uh, just a pro tip. If you're going to try to transport people into the country and you don't want to draw attention, having an open bottle of booze uh, yeah. in your van, yeah. probably not a good idea. You're not draw exactly attention. Hour. It totally is. How about this, too? I feel like the, the some of the heavies in this, they were graduates from the Richard Lynch School of Shooting Innocent Mexican Bystanders. <laughs> I mean, they just open up on these poor people. Yeah, I just do. feel like it's like a, uh, you know, speaking of Christmas movies, Invasion USA. I mean, just yeah. gunning people down, yeah. right? It's yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> not good. Uh, Steve Labatt looks like a, the love child of Jeff Foxworthy and Tony Tullinger's from Scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is he great. Does. He does, man. He again, as like I said, one reviewer on IMDb. I'm not taking credit for it. I'll give it to whoever that was. Said he reminded me of Alan Jackson or something, and that is which is amazing. It is, you know, who he reminds me of because he never takes the cowboy hat off. I think he gets knocked off at one point, but he never takes it off. He pretty much is in that Canadian tuxedo pretty much the whole time. Oh yeah, and he's oh yeah, and he's all kinds of messed up with his emotions, like you know. He loves the the female character, but he yells at her all the time, and he, it's just it's just a weird it's a weird performance. It's a weird movie. It's he's the right kind of go- goofy, wholesome, well intended uh, face mm-hmm. turn you see in these movies. Mm-hmm. He almost feels like he's from Minnesota though, with his accent, yeah, or like Dakota <laughs> or something. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Yeah, it's a very Midwestern accent. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. We get a nice <laughs> knife throw there, eh? Maybe he's supposed oh, yeah. to be Canadian. <laughs> Maybe he's supposed to be Canadian. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, the DEA and the local police fucking hate each other in this film. <laughs> Big time. When, when they got to roll onto the same scene together, I mean, there's tension. It's, uh, <laughs> they do not. Like each other's agencies, man. And how about we got the mob boss looking like Rob Reiner? Or the, the not the mob boss, but the second in command looks like Rob Reiner, mm-hmm. which is great. Yep. Um, the bubble bath. Yeah, the bubble bath's good. We get to see Angel and uh, his girl in the... You don't see black, black bathroom fixtures anymore. Those went out, man. Everyone's got back to the white mostly. Um, what do we got here? The dollhouse scene is ridiculous. You guys, I think it feels like one of those things that Gucci probably felt would add some artistic flourish, and it just execution in theory didn't quite line up. It, well, it, the, the problem is that it's a it's obtrusive. Yes, you notice exactly, you know how how hard he's trying to be like, look at how artsy this is. Oh, mm-hmm. totally, totally. Uh, what else do we got? Lots. I'll cut it down. But yeah, I think one of the fun things about this is you get the mob versus the cartel versus you know well-intentioned uh, natives and uh, just bystanders with a side of local law enforcement. It's kind of everything in the pot type mm-hmm. thing. Um, the grading daughter reminded me of Debbie Gibson. Uh, a little bit. I love Debbie. Full day. Hey, that's yeah. one of my like secret like worship crushes. Not worship. Uh, Tiffany. You're Tiffany. I was Debbie Gibson. I'm a man. Tiffany guy. Uh-huh. Uh, no, 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 no I'm gonna have man. to wrestle on that one. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a Tiffany New guy as well. Oil. I'm a Tiffany guy as well, but I can get behind the yeah. Debbie Gibson. Yeah, no pun intended. All right, yeah. hey, Sam's we're... gonna shake your love. That's right. Snow salute, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Snow salute, boys. Salute. Um. Uh, again, the editing to me, I was really impressed with how competently it was. That hey, man, we've seen so many bad hard cuts in films we watch. Oh yeah, even yeah. even even in competently made Italian studio films, sometimes sure. they don't give a fuck and they just hard cut it. But I feel like this one's really well edited for what it is. Uh, the oral on the how about this man? What's her name? What's homegirl's name in this? The one we like, Angel Montoya. Cynthia Miles. No, no, no Cynthia, Cynthia Miles. Uh, something Tanya Montoya. Tanya, and I called her Angel Montoya. That's Angel's the bad guy. It's <laughs> a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, uh, man, you got to give it to her. She goes from flating a bruised up old banana to flating a gun, like in the same scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The transition. I mean, she's she's good. Like she she really brings it. And I, let let's be honest. I mean, when you watch films like this, you want people to go for it. And everyone's game, as you guys had said. But, I mean, for her to do some of that stuff, it's ridiculous. But she's fully invested. She doesn't half-ass it. Yeah. No, she really doesn't. Yeah. She's fully invested. And she's a good-looking woman. I mean, she's fully invested. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just, There's no kind of um, icky kind of holding it with her two fingers. I mean, she dives in. She commits. Her level of commitment in a regional low-budget action film is akin to Isabella Johnny in Possession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she really dives in. Um, talked about the toilet tank. Talked about the tranny pack and heat going in the pool, the Sammy Law. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that 80s law, man. Anytime there's a pool around, you just know immediately somebody's going. Yeah, in. it's happening. It's happening. I love, too, how... 
Steve Labatt leaves the coke out and the mom gets upset and she goes, I think he goes, Debbie, it's never a good time. Who knew she'd go for the coke? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of fun lines like that. It's weird. While he's sitting by the fireplace, yeah. Yeah, well, he's sitting by the fireplace. I'll tell you, Steve Labatt loves his privacy and fucking hates being disturbed. Yeah, he really does. Federal <laughs> agents are at your door, and he just doesn't give a fuck. He does not want to <laughs> let anyone in for any reason. He hates it. People come up when he's camping, when he's spooning with his with his pal. Man, get off the park. Go somewhere else to camp. Yeah, yeah, he really he is. He is a solitary man. <laughs> he is. <laughs> solitary man. Uh, how about this? Did either one of you guys mention how the the old Capo di Tutti Capo wears the fucking bitch apron? Oh, yeah. That, that's a weird got, moment. That's such a weird moment. It's like they couldn't find an apron on set. So, like, the head of the mob is wearing an apron that says bitch. Yeah, bitch, over and over again, like, different bitch. writings. Yeah. Like, in different fonts, it's like bitch, bitch, bitch. It, it's kind of one of those weird little flourishes you remember, like the yarn lion head in Samurai yeah. Cop. Yeah. It's not I, quite spectacular, but... Yeah. And I, I can't remember. I mean, I'm guessing that is a play on, you know, the housewife who complains the whole time. I guess that's what that apron's for. Or maybe it's a play on. The no, ma- that, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a bitch, ma- bitch, ma- bitch, 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 bitch. Yeah. That's what I would it's guess. It's funny it that he's wearing it. It's, yeah, it's so weird. I kept looking at it thinking, does that say bitch? Yeah, I know. So what does it say? Under, and I well, then saying, again, he is wearing a ponytail. Yeah, and then I'd look underneath of it, and I was like, does it say bitch again? <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's, it's like an eye weird. exam. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, it, is, it is like an eye exam. All right, cover your right eye. What does cover this say? Your, yeah. Cover your brown <laughs> yeah. eye. Yeah, cover your brown uh, eye. What does this say? <laughs> Bend over, cover your brown eye, look between your legs, tell me what this says. That's it. Uh, how about, did you guys talk about the great scene when the dude's hands get nailed to the table? Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. yeah, Todd did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's great. And what's funny is he 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 sells it as much as he can. And I love how I I, I don't want to spoil that, but there's a, a a fun little reveal once that's all done. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's so silly. It's so silly, which is great. Uh, as with any great piece of uh, low budget action filmmaking, there's lots of screaming. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I love too. We get. It's one of those things you, you you we've seen so many times where someone's got a gun to someone's head and the camera pulls back and someone's got a gun to their head and the camera pulls back and someone's got a gun to their head. This is like a Russian nesting doll where there's like shooter on shooter on shooter on shooter on shooter. Yeah. Where like the camera keeps pulling back until it's like five people got their guns on each other, which is great. Uh, death. We get death by cactus in this. Is that a first on this show? Uh, it might be unless yeah. unless a cactus has fallen on somebody before. Those things weigh a ton, but I I They're don't hold a lot of water, right? I guarantee. I guarantee <laughs> oh, yeah, I guarantee you that we've never had a cactus death like this. I know that for sure. No, no. This, I, I, I mean, I this is straight out of like Roadrunner. Well, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's I, I got to think we're we're eleven years in, eleven plus years in, and this is the first death by cactus we've had. I think so. Yeah. If nothing else, that's a feather in Degruccio's cap. Yeah. Um, a feather in his kangol. Because <laughs> you know, you know, he wore one when he was filming. Oh this. God, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. A nice big thick gold rope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, most fucking turtleneck. How about yeah, a turtleneck chain on the outside. Uh. Uh, how about this? This is the most subtle. The most subtle, not in the slightest bit culturally generic Mexican party in the history of cinema at the end <laughs> oh, of the yeah. film. 
yeah, cockfighting, ponchos, mariachi band. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. It's it's so silly. Cards so silly. and uh, playing cards and uh, you know all that stuff. It's that's a ay ay ay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so absurd. It's so absurd. And that's the thing. That's the thing. It 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 has that soundtrack in the background and it plays it over the entire scene. <laughs> yep. And it is so obnoxious after a while. Oh, all amazing. the it's like every Mexican stereotype you can imagine. And it just uh, plays it on loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I would say this, and and I'm going to tread lightly here. It was a stereotypical scene, but I don't think it was intended to come across as ugly, no, or no. Or, or insulting. No, I just yeah. think we're trying to go for a, a very a, a cultural party, so yeah. to speak, right? Well, so I, I don't think it was. I think the kind of subtle racism that's in the movie anyway i think it's all just kind of it's kind of movie racism right it's it's right yeah it's it's reagan era yeah low budget 80s action film right yeah, so yeah it's it's as racist as you want to make it but it's uh, it's not i think i don't obviously i don't think that was the intentions of anybody i just i think it's you know it's it is what it is it's we often say it's a film of that period, but it's film of that time. Yeah. Well, but yeah, and I think not to absolve anyone or anything, but you know, you look at something like, um, well, the way it, look at even Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, if you go back and watch that, that could never get made today. That thing would never. get torn to shreds. Oh my god, shreds! Wouldn't so, it, it would be completely shredded. Like oh, you would not. I mean, be big time. <laughs> there's 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 actual there's rape. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's a it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Hero rapes. The the. I mean, there's so much going on. That well, most of the, I was. Yeah, most of that teen sex stuff is very rapey. Almost the all. Panty stealing. Yeah. The the raid. The panty raid. There's yeah. the this. Anyway, not to digress, but it's the all point sexual is, assault and everything. Yeah, it is, and you know that's a genre right. I love. I love the teen sex comedy teen from the comedy. '80s, but yeah. I fully realize that in today's world they don't play very well. You know they. No, that's yeah. Lots yeah. of ink will be spilled, right? But at the same time, I realize also it's entertainment, and it's. Yep. I don't. You know, it is what it's a cultural <laughs> phenomenon Much of stock. the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it is what it is. I you know I don't look upon it as insulting because at the time that was just what everybody was accepting as normal behavior. Is it right? Yeah. No, but it is what it You're is. Looking at it within the context of the time frame. That's right. You got to look right? at it. Yeah. Yeah. If you made that today, sure. you would. <laughs> <laughs> you would you would you would say listen you can't fucking make that for yeah, any reason yeah. right it's, you, you, you just, would uh yeah you'd light some fires let me tell you <laughs> you would absolutely and at this point yeah you know yeah you can't make stuff like that anymore which yeah, no. i both I, I both lament sometimes and i both um you know i'm happy that we don't it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag depending on the specific infraction yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah absolutely yep uh okay is that everything you got that's it. That's all. All right. Uh, Desert Snow. This is a, a fun one. Can we say, I guess, now that you can see this on uh, YouTube? If you, uh, yes, you can. Uh, for now, anyway. It's out there. So, uh, obviously, there's probably other means to get it. Uh, but it exists. Obviously, we watched it. And I watched it on YouTube. And it was fine. It was a little murky. Uh, no doubt about that. And definitely a video rip. But it uh, it played pretty good. Some of the dark scenes did not play outstandingly but because the characters are saying such ridiculous things it works <laughs> so it's true um okay uh this one has got a bit of my sammy logic too the mvt i gotta go with the gruccio man although i did like the angel character quite a bit uh i gotta give it to the gruccio because he knew what he was doing 
I feel like you know he knew he had a standard movie and he needed to amp it up a little bit, and he did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a few scenes I could do for the make or break, um, but I really did like the um, <laughs> the scene with the daughter and the mom arguing and the Alan Jackson character saying, "When is a good time, Debbie?" or whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just such a bizarre moment, uh, and it, it's almost up there with the bizarre moment of uh, of him waking up from that nightmare. Uh, which is just one of the most ridiculous waking up scenes I've ever seen for in my life. Because there's he wakes up and there's like this five second pause, and then he screams and grabs his head. It's very bizarre. It's it's, oh, it's amazing. It's next level. It's it's, it's such it a is. weird awkward moment. Um, my score for the film, uh, it, you know, I did enjoy it quite a bit. I'll give it a seven point two five. I enjoyed it. Uh, that nice. point two that that half a point there might be there just for that. The surprise of the ending, not just the second ending of the movie, but the original ending, I was kind of stunned they went where they went, and because uh, I did not see that coming at all. Um, not saying that, you know, every reason to enjoy it, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's a nice touch, so to speak, for a film that I think was trying to do something, and it just feels, it feels very honest. It feels like it was trying to make a buck, and it was throwing everything at the wall, and a few things stuck. And that's what it really feels mm-hmm. like. It feels like a true exploitation film in that way. It has the nudity. It has the gore. It has the violence. And it has the ridiculousness that we all kind of love. So I'll give it a 7.25. Todd? All right. Nice. Uh, all right. So uh, MVT, I'm going to go with Cynthia Miles. Uh, I think she has the most interesting character in the whole thing. She plays it to the hilt. She's totally committed. And she's not hard on the eyes. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, she was the reason I stuck around with this thing. Uh, and make or break for me is the dinner table scene. Um, it really is just a what the actual fuck moment, <laughs> and uh, it just it, it, it's amazing. Uh, and score for me, I'm lower than you guys are going to be. Uh, I'm going with six out of ten on this. Uh, That's more I mean, than fair. It's it's an it's a it's an it is what it is sort of a movie. Um, and like I said, I, 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 I tend to appreciate these things more than, um, actually get a whole hell of a lot out of them. Uh, but when I do get something out of them, it usually sticks in my head pretty good. And this thing certainly has enough moments, uh, that are going to be stuck in there for a long time. Yeah. You won't forget uh, it. Like, like the scrapple <laughs> in my veins. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, you won't so, forget it anytime soon. I, I promise you that. N- no, you will not forget it anytime soon. <laughs> uh, that's all that I got. So nice. I think that's a very fair score. We tend to have more of an, it's like if we went, we went out for some eel <laughs> and you don't love eel, but it's prepared nicely, and but if it was, you can at least appreciate it. Yeah, but what if it was eel scrapple? Ooh. <laughs> Throws a curveball into the whole mix. Damn it. Man. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. Let's, let's... Ear scrapple Damn with... It. Ear scrapple with an ox tongue chaser. There, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think scrapple, ox tongue scrapple feels more organic than eel scrapple. Yeah, for some reason, God, yeah. I think I could scrapple do the Scrapple should not be made out of fish. <laughs> yeah. That, that would just be wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, potentially de- and potentially deadly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that Russian roulette of blowfish scrapple. <laughs> oh, man. You're fucking... You're barking up the wrong tree. You're going to go with fish scrapple. Jeez. Yeah. I have seen the future of food poisoning and, and its name yeah, is fish scrapple. Things, that's one of those things where it would just, it would stink like that jerk who puts uh, like smelts in the fucking microwave at work. Oh, 
you know that, that, that's that such guy. A, that, yeah, that that's move. such a dickhead move. It's that's a dickhead funny. move. That is a dickhead move. Yeah, pro tip. This doesn't <laughs> even do a pro am, amateur tip. Don't be that one. Don't be yeah, that one. Don't be that guy. Come on. Keep it the fuck at home. Oh, Keep your smell at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you wake up in the mornings, you do this show, you never think what you're going to laugh at the most. But Scrapple <laughs> is not the one thing I thought I'd be laughing at the most this morning. <laughs> well, it's a way. Hey, it's a way of life. <laughs> it is. So you think this is a fucking side dish? <laughs> it's, right. it's a way of life. <laughs> that, uh, that scrapple t-shirt it, what's that <laughs> that scrapple t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah is, oh man oh, i can't stop I'm, I'm crying over here can't stop won't stop <laughs> i'm laughing uh, i'm laughing like the mafioso does in this movie I can never stop man oh, he laughs neither lot. none of us brought up the fact that the, to get to get their car out of a stuck ditch that they use bodies to do it. yeah there was that <laughs> there's a lot of gold we didn't talk about but i think it's in the discovery we're leaving that remember, remember what well, the great thing about that scene is they do it the one they can't get it to move and then they, they camera pans over to the other guy and he goes now what <laughs> they kill him <laughs> they kill him and then they get out of the ditch that was pretty clever. <laughs> it was. It was. Well, there's some fun stuff. Oh, there's definitely man. some fun stuff. Uh, make or break scene, boy. Um, I'm going to go with the first scene when we see Sylvia. Or is it Sylvia Miles? Yeah, the bathtub Cynthia. scene. Cynthia. Cynthia. Sylvia Miles uh, is a whole other Sammy uh, obsession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a different one. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 90, so 90, 92 okay. in the shade. Uh, there. All right. Sylvia Miles, yeah. <laughs> That's right, man. On, on Did that, we, we just covered that not too long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Cynthia Miles isn't even the most desired Miles we've done recently on <laughs> yeah. the show for Sammy. And then we got another Miles that's a friend of the show that is easily the most desired Miles, I think we know. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that Simon Pegg lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> tell you, I'll tell you, Miles is a, is a hunk of man in real life. He's a big dude. He's, he's like 6'2". Like he's... He's you a big know, boy. Yeah, he's, he's redder. He's calendar ready, man. Yeah, I, I met him. I was <laughs> like, he looks ready. exactly like he does in the pictures. But man, he was—he's uh, a big boy. He's built like a handsome Viking. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so okay, make a break. The first scene with Cynthia Miles, where she like, she's eating the Coke balloon and she's sucking on it. It just—it goes there. This film goes there, mm-hmm. uh, and I just love how off the rails it willingly goes. I love the angel performance in this film. I think he's a great charismatic sleazeball. And one of my notes I didn't mention is I think the mark of a great heel in a film is how quick and for how little reason he shoots or kills his henchmen. Yeah. Yes. And, well, you know, and he does a good job of that. Yeah. Bad, angel, I mean, he needs no fucking reason. Yeah. Bad salsa throws him off. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's exactly. As it should anybody. Yeah. As it should anybody, man. Bad salsa. Is, that's a faux pas, man. You can't do that. Bad salsa is a heartbreak. When you yeah. get home, you have some, you know, some yeah. nice tortilla chips you want to dip, and you get a flop salsa. Oh man, you know, it just ruins it. Yeah. It just makes me want to punch some. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does. It totally does. So, but he's great. But I got to give it to, to Graccio, man. I think, considering he made one film, considering he worked with a lot of people that weren't really in the industry. It's this is a very competently made low budget. I've seen much less competently made low budget action films from studios that that was their thing, right? Like th- this could fit into the PM wheelhouse or one of those solid stuff, man. Solid, solid stuff. I'm gonna give this one uh, seven point f- seven point. Do it. 
7.25 out of 10. Nice. Right there nice. with me, yeah. Nice. Because I feel like um, it's not Pantheon, right? No, no, it's not. But, but it, and again, that's like saying every time you, you have a draft, you're going to, uh, oh, I didn't draft a Hall of Famer. Well, no, you but you drafted an all-star, Yeah. right? So be happy with that, right? I got to look at that way. This is a good one. I think our community would get a lot of fun out of this. There's a lot of fun stuff. I got to say, when, you, when, you, when you first said have a draft, I mean, my first thought was, uh, I don't know, you might say where I'm at in my yeah. age now, but my first thought was, yeah, I've, I've had a few bad draft beers in my day, but every now and then you get that draft beer that's just fucking oh, perfect. Buddy, you got to clean the taps. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every now and then you get that one that just hits the spot. You know what I'm talking about, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I know what I'm drinking today. Yeah. Get in there. We'll get some drafts. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. So, no, this was, uh, I know Jason, Cortez, Jared, uh, a few of our, our friends have watched this and been digging it. So, let's hope uh, that continues. Check it out on YouTube, Desert Stone 1989. Yeah. Nice. That's what's up. My next single, I'm going to drink some drafts while wearing no briefs. There we go. That sounds like a good Sunday. <laughs> that is a good Sunday. It's splitting them buns. <laughs> drafts, sons, yeah. briefs. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, those, them cheeks. Yeah, those splitting, cheeks are spread. Yeah, that Dutch oven that we talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah. That Dutch well, oven. Initiate cheek spreading, man. Yeah. You ready to, ready to <laughs> smell? That sounds like fucking Vegemite or Nutella. Ready to oh, spread my bad, my bad, uh, bad salsa scrapple. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, scrapple and salsa. Now wait a minute. Well, I bet those work. I bet that sounds kind of that sounds kind of interesting. I think a good salsa masks a bad chip. So <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, well, good. I mean, you don't have to. You, you, there's no masking with scrapple. It's a good salsa, needed, a good salsa. That's a topping for anything. A good salsa can mask a lot. Eggs. Oh, yeah. it's good on eggs, boy. Yeah, it's Oof. good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good nice. on eggs. Yep. I, I'm a fan. Never tried that one. <clears throat> I'm a fan. Oh, yep. it's so. All right, that is the big show. We hope you enjoyed. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Seek out those movies. Uh, I think you won't be disappointed. It's a good show. Good, good, good quality entertainment. I think uh, a really good show as far as what we do, what we love to do, right? Yeah, and the, yeah. the the diversity between the two films. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next week, I know what I'm picking. I'm picking Meituan, uh John Sayles uh, film from, I think it's 89? 87. 87, yeah. That wonderful year. That's Glorious right. year. Uh, I've been Glorious wanting to kind of revisit it, and uh, it kind of came up. And I was like, I had a hankering to watch it. That hankering you get, you know, that, you know, you know what a hankering is. Uh, it's a weird. It's a weird word. I like saying it though. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, instead of just watching it for entertainment purposes, it could lead to some interesting conversation. So we'll, I'll pick it for the show. So that's why I picked that. And uh, who's picking? Uh, Will are you picking? Uh, Will. Will's picking. Will's going back to the great year, nineteen seventy-nine. Oh, nice. And I think we had to take a trip across the Pacific. It's been too long. Uh, we're going to see an underlooked film, one that I think uh, some people are going to hopefully dig. It's Sun Chung's To Kill a Mastermind, 1979, Shaw Brothers. Nice. Underseen, good stuff. Chang Che reminiscent. I think you guys will dig it, hopefully. Nice. I've never cool. seen it. Cool, cool. No, I've not seen that one either. I've never nice. Seen it. I've seen it, so it should be a good time. And uh, I think Meituan, I think Will's never seen that. I, Todd, no. have you seen it before? I have seen it before, yes. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, Kill a mate one is next week's show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the name of this week's show is what House with Desert Snow. The Desert Snow. Yeah, yeah. House with the, the House with Desert Snow. I guess yeah. House with Desert to, Snow. To yeah. kill a mate one. <laughs> <laughs> I think last week's show I, I had a hard time coming up with a title. I can't remember what I ended up calling it. Uh, what I ended up calling that fucking thing? Do you? Do you, either one of you recall? 
I don't even remember uh, what we covered. <laughs> yeah, it was Salem's Lot and uh, oh. something besides Salem. Oh, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, that's right. It was uh, something Salem Shut or something Eyes Salem Shut or something. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough title to come up with. I, I just had to come up with something. Eyes Wide Salem. I don't know. I can't Talking remember what I called it. Something like sense. that. Yeah. I can't remember what I called it. Now I got to look. I got to look before we get off the air. I'll be embarrassed if I don't look. The Reggie Nalder ah. Tom Cruise Power Hour. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What, does it even update the page? Yeah, I Salem Shut. That's what I called it, yeah. I Salem Shut. Uh, I, I couldn't think of anything else. I mean, I'm sure I could have came up with something else, but I, I thought that was kind of a weird play on words. It was. All right. Uh, it's not as My recent favorite was uh, Vigilante Hole. That one was uh, <laughs> <laughs> between that and Scalpel Clowns. Uh, that's two of my favorites that we've come up with recently. Nice. <laughs> Scalpel Clowns is a pretty awesome name. Um, all right. Uh, we will see everybody next week, or we'll talk to everybody next week. I will say adios. 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 Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com, and you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com.